Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate, complete adventure, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined today by Meerkat. Hello! I am a foxmana, a giant fox creature who stands on two feet. I've got a gorgeous cape that dons over my bright red fur. It's got all the patches of the towns that I've been to recently. And as you can clearly see, on my back is my loyal puppet, Tuna, who comes here to help spread some joy to their far dreary lives. And joining Meerkat today is Rain Cloud Moonglow. Greetings, I am Rain Cloud Moonglow. I am a six foot nine, fluffy tabaxi cat man. At present, I am wearing a resplendent blue shimmering military style coat with epaulets and gold trim all over it, which if anyone's been following the adventures, they will know that um, I owe quite a hefty fine to the suit rental place, but let's keep that on the down low. Um, by my side, I have my trusty rapier and a little twinkle in my eye anticipating the adventure ahead. Excellent. You are both in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted on it. Everyone today got work. You sat in the guild hall and watched as adventurer after adventurer was called up in groups of twos and threes, and they went out on their adventures. And you kept waiting for something new to be posted to the corkboard, something new to be brought down to you. Maybe someone would call your names. And alas, near 1145, you were told that it was unlikely that any new jobs would come in. And as midnight approached, you accepted your fate, that tonight you would have to go home instead of taking on a new adventure. You held out hope as long as you could. And when you walked outside, leaving the guild hall, you saw two beautiful white horses standing outside, as if waiting for someone. They are bridled and saddled, but they are not hitched to anything. You see no one else in the street. What do you do? Uh, this, this, this isn't mine. Are these, these aren't yours? I'm, I'm afraid to say they're not. They are magnificent creatures, though. Uh. I mean, this seems a little... I say, hello, anyone, anyone own these horses? Anyone, there's nobody around me, a cat. I mean, I mean, I, I... This could be stolen by, by ruffians, by miscreants at, at any moment. Well, I guess it would be in their best interest if maybe, you know, we, we guided them to safety. Maybe just carried them along with us. You know, just until we find their respectful owners. Yes, of course. I mean, I, surely the stable's still open at this, this hour that we could drop them in. Maybe, maybe put them up for the night. What a wonderful idea. Yes, let's, let's head to the stables, take a little stroll through the evening, mm. and, uh, you know... Lick our wounds, having not, you know, gotten a job that we thought we were going to get today. Uh, and, you know, enjoy the evening as it stands. Uh, and like, I'd like to kind of approach one of the horses very tentatively. Would you please roll, uh, both of you, perception checks at this point? Mm-hmm. Let me know if you get a 12, a 15, or a 20. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I got a, a total of 20. 
You got a 20. Excellent. Mm. Uh, at first, as you approach, you see uh, these horses look ridiculously well cared for. And then you notice one saddle is purple and looks beautiful. The other is gold and glimmering and shining. Uh, both of these horses are not horses. It's uh, not uh, super apparent at first, but when you compare where the saddle sits and how it rides, and you look at the beasts, you realize uh, these are winged horses, also known as pegasi. My word. It feels like we've hit the jackpot. This, this feels a little too good to be true, Meerkat. I'm, I'm worried. I'm a little... I feel like this could be a setup. At this moment, you hear a voice, disembodied. <laughs> not coming from either of the animals, but obviously set off by your proximity. I need you to come. Get on your conveyance. One purple fit for royalty, one gold like the sun at midday. A clever reward awaits those who accepted the challenge. I will see you at 3 a.m. sharp. And the voice goes silent. All right, so these are not ordinary horses, is what I'm gathering, then? No, indeed, but... I mean, if this isn't a call to adventure, I don't know what is. What do you say, <laughs> old bean? Let's, let's take, take life into our own hands, hop aboard these fine steeds, and see where it takes us. Well, I think the only question is, which color would you like to pick? <sighs> if only I could have both. You know what? I, th I feel the purple clashes with my, with my, my coat here, so I'm, and I'm already wearing gold trim. I feel like good fashion senses has made the decision for us. Beautiful. Then, uh, then Tuna and I will hop on this, uh, oh, this lovely purple. Oh, it's very good. Are you ready, Tuna? Yes, we must go. I would like to fly. As today. you get on these two steeds, you see a mist, a fog-like roll into the town, filling every square inch. As your horses start to move, their wings unfold and they leap into the air. Instead of taking off at a short, maybe slow, gradual incline, they seem to go nearly straight up in the air, as if escaping any visual line of sight to any of the people below in the large city. As they get up into the sky, you find yourselves a little cold, a little damp, and unsure of the direction you are flying. Uh, I mean, I'm, Meerkat's gonna kind of like tap on the side of of the the horses, right? Uh, good, good sir. Uh, and where, where are you taking us? Uh, I'm very afraid of heights. The, the the Pegasus kind of makes some neighing sounds and tries to reassure you with a subtle push of its head against your hand, as if to say, I am with you and you are with me. Uh, Meerkat just has his eyes closed, <laughs> and Tuna on his shoulders is kind of like poking out, looking out at the, uh, uh, around him. Uh, and just to be clear, Raincloud, you could hear clearly everything that Meerkat said, even though you're moving relatively fast, there is a bit of a wind, uh, you're pretty far apart. It was as if you were communicating clearly in spite of all of that. Okay. There's something fishy. I mean, <clears throat> there's something fishy afoot, old chap. Hang on tight. Check! Got that! Once you get up into the air and escape the distant city below, you start to see things that are beautiful. The stars above, the moon out, 
and beautiful signs and symbols of life below. And even a ship with a large lantern can be seen in the distance. But you are going definitely north, northwest, and into what can only be described as a deep forest that provides you very little things to look at below. And over the next hour, and then two hours, and then two hours and 55 minutes, you find yourself confused as to actually where you are as you feel the horses start to come down. It has been beautiful, temperate weather where you were, and you have not gone more than 40 or 50 miles north of your city at the most, but you are north. And in spite of the fact that you can see fairly far around you with the beautiful light from above, you don't see any snow or coldness as you would expect. The horses land and start to walk. At first a slow walk and then it advances to a trot. You find yourself inside a forest, a beautiful forest on a path that is well-worn, but also not as used as these horses comfort might suggest. About a mile of walking, you see ahead of you snow, a snow that should not be there, and a village, a village with torches lit, a small wall surrounding it, a hamlet, a village, a, a teeny, tiny little place that people live, covered in fresh snow, and the moon is aglow, and the night is perfect, and the air is crisp, as the horses ride into this little hamlet and stop before the door of the largest, most ornate building in all the town. You see the normal things you would expect in a village like this, like a tavern, which is closed at this hour. You, you see a bakery, a smithy, a stables, all the things you would expect to see in a small town. Yet you can think of all the times you have looked at the poster of map, of the maps and maps you have seen in the Guild Hall. You are not clear on where you are and how there can be snow in the middle of this forest at this time of year. Uh, Meerkat is just uh, like white dusting snow off of the side of his legs because it keeps getting stuck in his fur. Uh, this, <laughs> If we're going to get sacrificed, uh, which is my initial assumption, I'm assuming that's what we're all, that's what we're both thinking right here. You know, these pegasi just drove us. Uh, just rode us here to get sacrificed. Uh, I I would like to have that not happen, but uh, you know, gotta gotta get gotta get dressed up nice for it, I guess. Meerkat, at which point did you come to the conclusion that we were going to be sacrificed? Was it before we hopped on the Pegasus? Because I wish you would have said oh, something. Oh, it was almost immediately. Oh. Uh, you know, it's pretty much the moment the the, the Pegasi took us off. Uh, you know, horses I have found are. Are pretty pretty mischievous bunch, you know. I've had a bad experience or two with the horse where you know they said, "Oh, come come ride me," and I did, and then they kicked me off of it. Oh. So this feels very similar to that. So uh, so you know, I'm really hoping we don't, but you know, prepare for the worst. I am also hoping I don't get sacrificed today. I feel like I have a lot more living to do. Um, that whole nine lives thing—it's kind of hyperbole. Um, and if it weren't, I'd be on number seven by now, I think. Um, but fear not, my friend, um, for the, the snow. This I grew up in the snow. I am a snow leopard tabaxi. And I don't know if you noticed my fetching new boots, um, but they have their own wings on them. So if, um, 
If push comes to shove, hang on tight. I should be able to get us out of here. All right, I'm holding you to that. You notice, as you look down at your boots, you see the wings affixed to the sides of the boots, as if they're stuck in some way. And as you fiddle with them, you realize you can't get the wings to come out. It's as if they are muted or stumped into your skin, or into your boot, and holding fast. Okay, Raincloud does not mention this to me. <laughs> okay, good. All right, cool. Yes, old Bean, we're in, we're in, we're in very good shape here. If anything, anything goes awry, don't you worry about it. Beautiful. Your confidence is giving me confidence. Mm, it has that effect. At this moment, you hear three distinct chimes, but as you look around, you see no clock tower. You see no source for the sound at all. The horses are not moving. Oh god. Um. I want to kind of take a look at some of the windows around the town and, like, see if anyone's poking out or kind of just see if there's any activity in these buildings themselves that I can manage. It looks like you've arrived at a town that is fast asleep uh, as a new snow falls on it. The torches are lit, but no guards, no footprints, no places that would be open at this hour. But you do see at the end of the walkway the horses are facing that eventually... uh, the, the stables could be used to put the horses into. Well, I suppose we sh- I suppose, uh, you know, our original mission still stands if we want to return these horses to the stables. You know, granted, it wasn't the stables we thought we would be going to, but, you know, when does life work out the way we think it will? Precisely, yes. Let's, 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 let's do that. All right. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you go first, so I, I can cover you from behind. Very you well. Know, I, can I, make shall, sh- I shall I take, can... take the lead. Uh, as uh, uh, as Rancloud is doing so, he's having a look around just to see if he can determine, uh, by way of like uh, any sort of signs outside shops, or maybe even the the particular type of architecture or the roofing on the houses. What even what kind of geographical area he's in, or what kind of culture this is, or anything. Is it does it any of it seem familiar? Yeah. Uh, yes. If you will do a history check for me, am I remembering uh, using the right term there? Yes, I believe I am for this particular game as history. Yeah, uh, 13 minus 1 is a 12. Excellent. Your 12 uh, gets you some enough information that you think you would be in a Norwegian wooded village if you weren't so close to a place that is nowhere near any architecture or mythology that would fit with that ideology. You are okay. thinking, nope, this is in the wrong place, but everything fits that, including a statue including a statue that looks like maybe it is of that culture and represents one of the deities from that culture. Okay. Interesting. Your 12 right. is not enough to determine more than that. Sure. Well, let's tie up these horses then and uh, these Pegasus. Is it... I, I've, I've never been sure. Is it Pegasus or... <clears throat> is it Pegasuses or Pegasi? I, I'm Pegasi, not sure what the word I believe, is, I believe Pegasi, uh, based on my research, and there's actually a star system called 51 Pegasi, known as 51 Peg. Uh, just a piece of factual information you can have to take with you for the rest of your week. Happy Valentine's Day. It's the best Valentine's Day gift I've ever received. Uh, so tell me what you do. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll lead the way. We'll uh, sidle up to these stables. Um uh, maybe politely give a little knock on the on the stable door before going in. I'm imagining you're getting off the horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so as soon as you get off the horses, the door that you're standing in front of gently opens as if on its own. Right. Oh, jeez. All right, here it comes. Here's the sacrifice. 
Uh, Raintide mm. is going to um, have one hand on his right beer as he's leading this horse in and keeping his his, his oh, wits about. Oh, I apologize. Him. I apologize. It's the house you stopped in, not the stables, whose door opens. Oh, okay. The horses would not move from that spot if you tried to leave him, lead him away. And as the door opens, you hear a voice from inside say, "You are late." Oh, uh, uh, we're we're so sorry for being late. Please, uh. We we were we were getting people to sacrifice, uh, you know, for the sacrifice that's. At, I I I don't know. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to see. I think you may. Have, uh, I think you may have oh. played your hand a little too early there, friend. But don't worry. Let's roll with it. Let's see where this takes us. You both entered the house. Sure. As you do, you see both of the pegasi start to walk down the hall, walk down the road, toward the stables, and the stable door opening for them. Bye-bye. For the first time since you left the guild hall, you see a person, what looks to be a young, strapping stable boy, handsome, in spite of the snow, wearing minimal clothing, barefoot, waving at the, the horses to bring themselves to the stable, half asleep, and you can't help but watch as he loves each one of them, hugs them around the neck, and brings them in to the place, obviously, they have been before. I was just kidding about that sacrifice thing. Uh, are yeah, we... I just got, how close are we to this boy? He's... Uh, how close uh, you couldn't make out his face. You can see he is blonde. He is somewhere around six foot, six foot one. Um, he's human, for sure, but he might be a variant on human. Uh, it's just too hard to tell from this distance. If you want to try a perception check to determine more details, you're welcome to do that. Anything over a 15 will result in something under that, not so much. Uh, yeah, um, that's a 19. Oh, excellent. With a 19, you can see that his face, his bone structure, uh, if you were casting a play or if you were thinking of entertaining a fashion show, you would think his body type, his facial features could not be more perfect if you wanted to present uh, a Norse god. His body has that look of perfection. His face has that chiseled, sculpted look of someone who is too beautiful for this world. And how, how scantily clad exactly is he? He's wearing what looks like uh, clothes you would wear to sleep, which include uh, sleep shorts, maybe? Uh, too short for being out in the winter, no shoes, and uh, a top that just straps over the shoulders and goes down just a little bit above his midriff. I I say, pretty good looking for a human. Yeah, sounds like we got ourselves a hottie with a body hottie. Uh, wait, just to just to confirm, the house we're in front of had uh, is the one that the door opened with a voice inside. That is correct. And then right. you saw a couple hundred yards down the stables and this person, and it caught your attention. The voice is still inside, talking about delays and we don't have time and what is going on and very um, yeah level of frustration coming out. Shall we cautiously enter? Yes, we're coming! And uh, Meerkat's going to step inside without caution. Okay. So you, you enter first? Yes. Uh, I shall follow. Okay, both of you uh, make your way inside. Uh, the space is as large as you could possibly imagine for a building of this size. 
instead of having this sort of um, architecture that you have seen outside with this expectation of walls and rooms, you have this wide open space. On the left as you enter, three things jump out at you. One, it is a workshop. It is a workshop, and without much effort, you can discern potions are made here. This workshop has every kind of potion you can imagine. There are active productions of potions. There are large vats. There are teeny tiny um, test tubes. And there's every kind of vial and cylinder you can imagine outside of that. There are some things that are dripping. There are some things that are being kept cold. There are some things that are being heated. But in spite of all of that amazement that you have of seeing it, on the floor is a mess. It's as if someone had dropped or broken a bunch of potions. And on further review, you can see broken glass. You can see the mixture of these different tincture, tinctures and potions and oils all forming in a pool. You can see footprints, but you're not clear of what they are or from whom. And then you see that that space has a little bit of blood mixed in as well. If you want to roll your perception on this part of the room, now is the time. 22. It seems we might have to. It sounds like something very bad happened here. If, uh, but... if, if there's one thing I know about potions, it's not to mix them. This always spells disaster. Yes, well, you know, I'm going to look at this one potion on the wall because I only got a nine. <laughs> you do notice there is uh, a couple of potions uh, that are shaped in the form of a heart. The bottles are heart-shaped, and they are kind of red, a little less red than blood red. And you focus in on that. You see that. Correction. I know two things about potions. Don't mix them, <laughs> and don't mess around with love potions. <laughs> uh, hmm? You turn around, and it's just Meerkat's just holding two of the different heart-shaped bottles. No, no. You I... should put those down, young one. You should put those down. Oh, 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 okay. Puts one down. Uh, can we see where that voice came from? Yes, it's behind you. Did you uh, happen to roll Moonglow? Did uh, Raincloud, did I hear a roll from you? 22. 22. Excellent. Uh, some other things are clear. Uh, it looks like there were at least three, possibly four creatures that were involved in whatever mess occurred here. You can see that from some layered footprints. You're very confused. Uh the footprints are humanoid in a couple of cases, but the other set of footprints looks like it is four footprints. Your 22 indicates that it may be some sort of feline. Mm. You have some experience in that, and so recognize it a little better than maybe someone else would. You also notice that there are markings on the tables and the shelves, and that one of the shelves has been knocked over, but it looked like it was empty. And each shelf has an indicator of what type of potion would go there. The system is beyond your comprehension of how you would discern what, but you are able to tell that these are numbered and ordered perfectly and correctly with little markings where they should be. And you can see specifically that five potions are missing from the places they should be. That was just your first uh, analysis. So you kind of gathered quite a bit of knowledge from just walking in the room. But as you turn to see the focus of the voice, you see a table sitting by what can only be described as a sink with a tea setup, a very beautiful and intricate tea setup. But as you look 
pass that to the person that is sitting there, you see a beautiful woman. She has blonde red hair. They are in braids behind her head. She is well-dressed. She is well-manicured. She is athletic at the look of her. She is someone who is powerful and frightening and capable of many things. And you can see this without any effort. You also see behind her what can only be described as the desk of a professor who gets lost in their work. There are papers piled high all around. There are things, obviously, to read. There are things that have been read. You can tell the difference because if you've ever seen this situation, uh, the pile of books to be read is nicely, neatly stacked and the mess of things that have been written on and reviewed or added to are all over the place. There are teacups everywhere. There are teacups everywhere. And on the table sitting in front of this woman, woman, are two place settings for high tea. The tea is sitting there waiting to be poured, and she is just staring at you with a look that says, you should roll insight. <laughs> I know that look. Oh, not 20. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, with your nat 20, you see a sort of frustration you see a kind of disorientation. You see that that frustration is leading to anger. And at the very edge of all of that, you see a great sadness and longing. It is a look that you will never forget as long as you live, as you meet her eyes and see all of that in an instant. With uh, with Meerkat's five insight <laughs> roll, uh, he's just going to walk up. Is oh, uh, I'm so sorry for picking up this ball. Should I be putting it somewhere else, or is this like a special, or 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 you know, we're new, we're new in town. She walks over to you, picks the two bottles from your hands, walks over to a distinct oh. place that's very obvious to her and uh, a little obvious to Rain Cloud at this point, and places the potions and adjusts them perfectly until they're seated just the way she wants. And then she walks back over to the table and says, have a seat. Uh, yeah, yes, of course. That's where I would have put it as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sits down. Yeah, same. Thank you for coming so short notice. The sheriff is away. So I had to recruit outside help, namely you. And at this point, she starts to pour you a cup of tea. First to the first person who sat down near Cat, and second to Rain Cloud. Calling out first, second, yes. And she offers you a little bit of sugar, and she offers you a little bit of cream. I'm yes, sugar, no cream, please. I'll I'll go the opposite, please. I'm sweet enough without sugar. Oh, oh I love that. Very well, very well. This tea is my own special brew. It is a little caffeine, theanine, cretin, bacompa manori, rodola rase, panax ginseng, ginkgo bilboa, nicotine, everything you need for a, a mystery to solve, yes? Is it keto? I do not know this word, keto. 
I forgive me. No, just, 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 no worries. I, uh, I know very uh, little things here in my town. I, I'm sure you understand. Uh, oh, yes. I am Maria Sklodowska. You know me, yes? We know you now. But not before this, yes? I mean, the name rings a bell. I'm Raincloud Moonglow, Firebreathing Kittens. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I'm, this is I'm my s- esteemed colleague. Uh, yes, yes, my name is Meerkat. And the esteemed colleague you must be referring to is my friend Tuna here. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Pidge. Oh. You Pidge. You Mocha. Mocha and Pidge. Wizard oh. and Cleric. Wizard oh. and Cleric. You're supposed to walk out the Firebreathing Kitten Hall at midnight sharp. You, um, you are wrong people. Powerful wizard, powerful cleric. Oh, you know we we have we have power. Let that let, let that be known. And uh, Meerkat cast Prestidigitation to just make like very mild and unappealing sparks just kind of shoot out of the teacup. Uh, everything that Raincloud saw earlier, uh, all the anger, all the frustration, goes from like a three to a nine. Uh, the, the just complete uh, disorientation and absolute abject anger uh, goes through the roof. Rather than expressing it at you, there seems to be this moment of argument with the universe. It's in a language you don't understand, and you are both just struck in awe at how frustrated this person is. Uh, I think Meerkat seeing that you know, this this woman appears to be very frustrated and is you know like upset at the situation in an, in a poorly planned attempt to keep her uh, or like to kind of entertain. He just relies on his backbone and casts Mage Hand on Tuna, who's now doing like a little marionette dance on the floor. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see if that has an effect. Um, at this moment, uh, she has she's stood up in her anger and was kind of flailing her arms. Uh, very unbecoming for the person you saw when you first walked in. She seems to regain her composure, sits back down, uh, and takes a large, slow drink of her tea. And she looks up at you when she's completed. Well, M- M- Maria, if I may be so bold, I, I, we are professionals. I mean, not to the level of um, Pidge and who else was it you mentioned? Mocha. Mocha, I mean... I said Mocha. The- they're legends in the guild, legends. But um, I think you'll find we're quite capable professionals. Um, I don't personally dabble in the in the arcane arts, but um, um, people have said that my the results I produce are quite magical from time to time. And you are a rogue. I mean, that's I I I don't like labels, but yes, yes, I'm 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 quick on my feet. A rogue to catch a rogue. Yes, this may be right. Eh, so be it. So be it. So be it. My cat, Lady Amathia. Yes? You know this cat. She is Turkish Angora domesticated feline. Beautiful to look at. She has a long, silky, and shimmery white coat with a spot of light chocolate brown on her belly. She has an elegant, sinuous body. In the posh Fluffy tail, a, 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 a beautiful bristly thing that you just want to rub your face with, yes? Yes, I, I already do by your description. She sounds lovely. It is 3.04 a.m. 3.04 a.m. and by 6 a.m. sharp. This cat must be back. Do you understand this? I have a couple of questions. Um, of course first you off, do. This 
This cat, two legs or four legs? Four legs, yes. Okay. I mean, with all due respect, uh, we are professional guild adventurers. Um, I think we may be slightly overqualified for the job of fetching a lost cat. I mean, of course we could do it, but um, how well, how does this pay? <laughs> no, oh, my, my dear friend, yes, of course. We are, we are very, very qualified to get this cat. And Meerkat Case will say, they're going to sacrifice us if we don't do this. <laughs> I don't know where you've come to that conclusion. I, I mean, let's, let's cross that bridge when we, when we get there. They have taken two Pegasi, Pegasus, I never know, and have taken us to a secondary location. My friend, if we don't do what they say, we are not in really much of a situation to bargain. <clears throat> okay, very well. Um, so as I said, is this a paid job or more of a kind of a, a favor we'd be doing to you, our new, our new friend? I think I shall answer this question in a moment. I think at this moment I want you to understand that 6.01 a.m. and you may never leave this beautiful town. Oh. My well, timeline, I am not following right now. My timeline, I stick to. It is a schedule every day. Following my schedule makes my day perfect every day. Do you see what is behind you? You may roll perception at this point to uh, examine the T setting, the T area that is developed, the sink that is there. Uh, you see that there are two doors, and you also see this set of papers that I've already described, and you see the T at the table, and I'd love to hear your perception checks now. I don't see anything because I got a nat one. <laughs> <laughs> You're very focused on her at this moment. I see that. I, Not I got the room a 15. At all. You got a 15. 15. Uh, yeah. Two things jump out at you. Uh one, she is not drinking what you're drinking. Two, uh, the drink that she is drinking seems to have a calming effect. You know, the door that is open, it is a bathroom door. The door that is closed, you're not sure where it leads, but this house is immense. Uh, the workshop alone is some 80 or 90 feet by 30 feet. It is a gargantuan space uh, with 14, 16 foot ceilings. Uh, the work area is well lit, but you're not sure what the source is. Uh, the tea area looks like um, it's only been a mess for a day. It's as if, if, as if somebody cleaned it uh, the day before, but over the next period of hours. And you also kind of pick up on the idea that this space is something that gets reset or re-cleaned on a regular basis. But at this moment, it is a mess except for the table. The table and the high tea are set to perfection. It's as if you had entered some noble court for tea today. As you take all this in, she tells you to drink up. Meer I, Meerkat's just drinking up. As, as Meerkat's drinking, as there's hesitancy in rain cloud, she says, I promise you an apt reward with riches so great, your children's children will appreciate you for it well then my next question is what is so valuable about this cat to you that you can provide such a reward oh such a wise question for one who is not so wise yes i mean i never claim to be wise it's true you know mocha i will say this to you there is a time for all things and there is a time for the cat to be in the house 
at my front door where she should be. And if she is not, my life is no longer what I want. My life goes a different direction. And I like my life the way it is. You you f- understand it. Verstehen Sie das, ja? Yeah, but I, I mean, uh, one moment, the sidebar. Meerkat, I, I had a roommate like this once, um, very uptight, all about the charts and the schedules and the passive-aggressive notes. And I've just, I've found that it's easier to just go along with what they want. It's just, it's not worth the hassle. She also seems immensely powerful. Um, I don't want to get sacrificed any more than you do. Let's, you, we just try and find this bloody cat and be done with it. Oh, absolutely. My dri- my driving drive at this point is not getting sacrificed. And uh, she did mention that we would be stuck here if we did not find the cat. That does not appeal to me in the least. I mean, if if her if her good looks are an indication of the general standard in this village, I mean, I can think of worse places to be stuck. Um, excuse me, uh, Maria, would you mind telling us, uh, where are we exactly? You're in the town of Brigida. Brigid. Does Raincloud know anything about that? Has he heard of it? Never heard the name. Never heard her name. In spite of your thoughts that you had, you know that uh, it would be possibly someone else and it was a guess at best. Uh, this place is not on the map. You've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And you've never heard of Brigid. Now, Maria, does Lady Amathea get out very often? Is she is she a nomadic cat, or is this is this a one off occasion, or, or is this coming from a concern? Here in this town of Brigid, things happen on schedule. Yes, the cat she is outside when she is to be outside. She is inside when she is to be inside. She is where she should be when she should be there. When she is not to be where she should be, then she can be where she wants. But this is not the time where she should be where she wants. This is the time where she should be where she is. Yes? Oh, so she is not following her schedule right now. No. She is she is going rogue, uh, part of the pun. <laughs> I think this funny, yes? I like you. I like you, Meerkat. No, I like you too. You've you've got a wise eye. And I this tea is delightful. I taste a bit of... Taste of cardamom. You hear uh, the sound of three and a half chimes. It is a specific sound. You've heard it before. In large cities, often they make the sound. And at that moment, she looks lost. She looks disconcerted. She's obviously taking something into consideration. And there's a shift in her personality again. Uh, You had a little insight to it earlier, Rain Cloud. At this moment, she says... Will you please promise to find my cat and return her by six? Please, so my day will be perfect. If, if, if you fail, I don't want to force you to stay, but this, this thing may happen, and I do not want. Please, please, find Lady Almathia. We will. We, we will. We will, of course. Meerkat, do you, we do this? Absolutely. We- yeah, and Meerkat, like, puts a paw on her hand, like, We will find Lady Amathea. Yes. You have our word. That seems to break her out of this momentary melancholy state, and, and she's suddenly this person you first encountered, this very powerful, capable person, and she stands up, and she, she points around to the, to the other room, to the workshop, and she says, uh, 
What do you see? What do you understand? What do you know? Tell me. This is a test. This is first test. Tell me what what happened here. Well, yes, yes, yes. A test, Edward. We're both. We're all very good at that. And uh, as he says that, the the mage hand spell ends on Tuna, and he just kind of falls to the ground. <laughs> have you drank the tea? Have both of you drank the tea? I have drank the tea. I have not drank the tea. Excellent. Perfect. This is just as it should be. Uh, would you roll a die for my good friend Meerkat? A twenty. A, a die four. Oh. Got a four. You got a four. Excellent. Would you please temporarily for the next three hours add plus five to your intelligence? <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, good gosh. Uh, wow. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, things I, are feeling very different. I'm trying to stay off the nicotine is the thing. And I feel that one, <laughs> one little taste and then I'm, then I'm back, you know, and I have to start all over again. Uh, if you had a nicotine, look, I, I get I get by just fine on my wits. And okay, so you asked us a question. Um, here's what I see. Um, uh, would you both roll investigations? Mm-hmm. Oh God! <laughs> be sure and take be sure and take into consideration your plus five, Meerkat. Yeah, I I, I think Meerkat's like looking around the room. Look, Meerkat is looking around the room again, kind of like uh, almost seeing things in more sharp definition, like noticing some colors that, you know, before he just saw brown. Now he's seeing kind of like the shades of brown in a sense and almost like the teak of like the teak of wood coming through, which is reflected in his 19 investigation check. You too, kind of after being in the room a little while and drinking this tea and getting a sense, kind of understand the organizational structure, it's its clear now hmm. that there is something to the way all the potions are in their space and how they are organized. Uh, I'm, I'm checking here. Raincloud, did you roll an investigation as well? Raincloud is kind of a little thrown by this whole, this whole situation and more than a little mesmerized by this woman. Um, I rolled a two with a minus one. Nice. Sorry, a three with a minus one. So a total of two. Two. Excellent. And he's, he's, he, what he's really looking for, he's like, does she have a wedding ring on her finger? What's going on here? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, your perception earlier when you checked her out. Uh, yes, you see that there is a band currently on her finger. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, meerkat. Hmm. As you've sat in this room and kind of felt a little more comfortable and grown a little in your kind of intellect. And it did come over you in that slow way you described. It was kind of neat. You first notice your buddy uh, sitting before you, this brilliant swashbuckler tall man uh, who is a tabaxi, as I understand. With beautiful snow leopard markings. You see the pattern of the markings like you've never noticed before. He comes into form in a way you hadn't fully appreciated even though you spent time together before this moment. Even on the ride here, you didn't appreciate him as well as you do in this moment. And as your gaze turns to investigate and you get up to look around the room, you see, with your 19 roll, a lot of footprints. And it's clear that the potions, some quaffed and then bottles dropped because the liquid never made it to the floor. And others, oils, had covered individuals because the oil is not on the floor where you would expect, but the bottle remains there and remnants of it, you start to see that it looks like two creatures bipedal in nature, possibly a dwarf, possibly a human. 
snuck into this space at some time before midnight. You're guessing, you're not positive, somewhere around five hours ago, based on how long the liquid has sat on the floor and the way the footprints are broken, breaking it up. You also see that there are cat footprints, and it does look like the cat may have attacked the two men who came into the room. From the footprints of Lady Amathea, am I getting a, uh, an idea of how large she is? Yes, actually you are. Uh, Lady Amathea, it, the cat form that you're anticipating relates one to the other, uh, would be approximately a 12-pound cat, a very large cat. Um, the paw prints are very thick, as if a cat that was used to the snow or made for the snow. And this is an Angora, a Turkish Angora. Uh, so the paw prints are thick and the fur is thick as well. And you see remnants of the fur as if in the scuffle some of it was shed or pulled off. Now, I see these two uh, pairs of footprints coming into the store. Am I seeing them going out? You do see them make their way toward the door. They also look All like right. they move towards one of the uh, other doors and the scuffle did not include the potions at that time. So it looked like, uh, yeah, so it looks like there was some movement around. You're not sure what order of things, but given that the potions probably were dropped after the fact and the footprints would have been more discernible, you're pretty sure the order of things was some moving around the room and then uh, this this encounter, the cat with the, the two bipedal humanoids, and then at some point, everyone left through the door. That is what you All can right. discern at this point. The other important thing to note is there is a potion that is missing. You're not sure what potion it is, but you know there is a potion not accounted for by the things on the floor, the glass, and the liquids. All right, and then real quick, when you say everyone left, does that include Lady Amethea? Do I see paw prints leaving? Yes, absolutely. All right, so that... This may imply that she left willingly. Uh, now, 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 Maria, uh, I, I see there's a potion missing over here, and uh, you clearly have some. Uh, you clearly, you know, you know your stuff. This is a very well organized store. You know, you could teach a lesson to some of the shopkeepers around town. This is not a store. Do not mistake what I do for shopkeeper for some trivial retail outlet. I am an inventor. You understand this concept, inventor, artificer, one who makes, one who creates, one who has idea from book and creates in potion. Oh, fair. I did not know. I did not know you were the creator of all these grand works. So, for instance, if I, and he's going to grab like a, like a random potion kind of off of the <laughs> shelf here. Uh, like, well, well, what does this one do? This uh, is a very beautiful potion. New concept. A longer-term wisdom. It provides wisdom insights specifically related to divine. Not so good for other wisdom purpose, but has potential to make people... Uh, oh, not just people. Some other... And she starts to diverge in the conversation. She starts to describe the potential the potion has. It is very clear... No one has ever tested this potion. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, it, now, do you? Now there, there just seems to be a potion missing over here. I and I did notice some of the stains on the ground. Do you? 
Do you know what the potion missing is here? Do you do, do you know there seems to be an open spot? I do know what the potion that is there was missing, this longevity potion. In theory, this potion, when quaffed, would keep someone alive for one more year, regardless of consequence, of of humanity, of life essence that remain, yes? Not a great one to be missing. No, but this uh, this is missing. This is very you not so smart but smart right now, yes? You know what? That's that is exactly how I'm feeling at this very moment in time. Uh, you are you're you know you're you're smart and smart. I like you. Mention this, I have yes. I like you. Yes. So what has happened here? You you with the brain that works right now. You tell me what has happened I'm here. Steady on. <laughs> no, no, she she is not. She's not too far from the truth. Uh, do you think Rainclad would have noticed that it was the uh, the T that is uh, helping him with his investigation? Uh, you rolled a two on your investigation, right? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, me oh, neither. Oh, jeez. Uh, I thought maybe one of well, my... You know- I thought maybe one of my perception scores from earlier might have... But no, okay. okay. <laughs> well, now, Maria, as you know, we... You know, as, as you were trying to get a team earlier, we are much of a team ourselves and... You know, as professionals, uh, we we have to we have to look at all of the different angles before we can really surmise what happened here. Uh, it does look as though there was a bit of a scuffle with the, you know, there's some people coming in and uh, looks like they were you know searching for something almost. Looks like they were going to some different places in in their uh, inventors' quarters and and uh, it also looks like looks like a dear lady Amethia may have left with them, perhaps. Chasing them somehow, trying to get them out of your store and uh, to to rain cloud. This is not a store. You understand this? Not store, workshop, inventor, artificer. I am one of the greatest scientists to ever live in this universe. You should come to terms with my greatness in this moment, yes? Of course, of course. As you said, I am my, both smart yet not smart. My timeline has been disrupted. You see the vats that are cooking. You see the things that are chilling. My timeline is critical to my work. I need you to tell me what happened here. Oh, yeah. No, yes, 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 we will. We will absolutely tell you. Uh, Do you have any more tea that you could maybe get us, like, in the back? Oh, yes, of course. And you, you know, drink your tea. You know, like tea, nicotine, uh, fearful, fear of nicotine. It does not uh, compromise any of your intestinal fortitude. No, this is good tea. You should drink tea. Okay, I'll, I'll drink the tea. I'll, I'm sorry, where I'm there's, in, there's where ca- I'm There's cardamom in it. Oh, I, I do love cardamom. I do love cardamom. Okay, very well. Uh, it's obviously cooled down a bit now, so he's going to sniff it, taste it, and then just throw it back. Uh, excellent. Roll a die four plus one and add that to your intelligence. Let me know what that number is. That's a three. Excellent. So three, three total. A three, three plus one. Uh, oh, excellent. I, so four points of intelligence added. It's three hours. It's temporary. That brings me up to a twelve. So that gives me a plus one on my intelligence. Excellent. Excellent. Mm, not my strong suit. Uh, yeah, wait, Raycon, so your intelligence... <laughs> I think both of us came into this with an eight intelligence score. I yep. think <laughs> I think I knew that. Um, <laughs> she goes back and seems to not be the most delicate uh, 
worker. Matter of fact, you watch her and she's a kind of a mess at the tea station. Uh, she puts things down. It's kind of uh, this goes here, this goes there, right? She's, uh, but she's she's competent at what she's making, right? She's just not clean or neat in the process. Okay, I want to I want to try maybe playing to my strengths a little bit here, which are um, my soft skills of kind of you know um, persuasion and, and kind of bringing people out of their shelf shell uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna sidle up to her and be like uh, what was what was very your clear, second very, yeah very clear. wait uh while you're doing this uh i just i would like you to keep her busy for a little bit i'm going to do a little bit of a initiative and spell casting myself uh and i'd like to oh, cast locate animals or plants <laughs> <laughs> so that that takes 10 minutes is my understanding it, like, it takes 10 minutes i'm on the ground and i'm just staring into uh tuna's eyes and we're kind of just like looking back and forth at one another if you just keep her busy for just like 10 minutes or so I'll i'm going my, to try to best. locate the lady amathea okay and um, what was dm what was her surname uh oh it's a little tricky for me to pronounce, so I had to write it down. It is Sklodowska. 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 I can say that. Sklodowska. Yeah. Maria Sklodowska. Ms. Sklodowska, can I help you with the tea at all? Oh, this would be a great gift you give me, yes? Yes, of course. You seem, um, if you don't mind me saying so, you seem very uptight. I realize you've lost your cat. This is, this is a stressful time for anyone, but... Um, I get the idea maybe that there's something else going on here. I, I know we've just met, but um, I feel I'm pretty good at reading people. And uh, I wonder, is there, is there any information about yourself or your current situation that you're not telling us that maybe would help us find Lady Amethia? She does not make eye contact with you, and she seems to focus on the tea, getting very detailed in her work. And as she does, she answers you very plainly, surprisingly. She says, there are many things I am not telling you none of which should matter to what you're doing. I need to know what happened here, yes? Mm. You, you, are, you are wise, if not smart, yes? You understand this? I understand a certain amount, but what you maybe need to understand is that although there may be information that you don't think would help me, my methods are a little unorthodox. Um, I look at things through a different lens to most people, and, I mean, being a cat, looking for a cat... Um, I'm just trying to create a bigger picture, a clear picture of the situation that we find ourselves in. So any information you have at all that, not to pry, but anything that isn't too private that you could reveal to us could be of help in ways that you may not, may not yet realize. I do great work, yes? You see these papers here? Oh, of course. And she turns away from the tea-making station, again, not making eye contact with you, but focusing instead uh, on the papers, this is what I must read today. And she shows you a stack that is two to three hundred pages. I must do the research. I must do the ideas and the understanding and bring new creations to life, yes? The mm. potions do not make themselves, and I trust no one else to make them. And as you can see, I have many I have created. And the notes I make, the notes, yes? They must be shared. For what is knowledge without sharing, yes? My, my sentiment exactly. Well, but thank you for who, sharing that with me. But who I am, this is my day, and this is my morning, and my schedule is off, yes? My time is wrong. I should have been asleep. Instead, I sit, I drink calming elixir, and waiting for you 
to come and solve mystery of cat. I need the help. I cannot do this. This is not my thing. I must sleep now. Sleep now, for the morning comes at 6 a.m. And with the morning, the day begins. You understand this, yes? Uh, my, my dear woman, you're speaking to someone who uh, tries to sleep 16 to 18 hours of a day. I, of course, <laughs> understand this. <laughs> you sound like my cat. Thank, oh, thank, my thank you for being so frank with cat. me and so open and, and, and sharing that bit of yourself with me. Let's switch gears a little bit. My next question as an investigator is, who would have uh, motivation for stealing Lady Amethia? Who, who would take her and why? Is there anything special about this cat? Who would she you be valuable to? You think... They stole the cat? I must consider all options. You investigate the room, you look at the room, you see that there is clear invisibility potion that has been quaffed and then dumped. There is blue etherealness oil that has slipped onto someone. There is yellow diminution potion that obviously was drunk. And then, then something drank this purple potion of double X large. Creation of something from small or medium to huge, potentially. Yes, you see this. And someone, someone drank a potion of love. This, this is wrong. This should not be. Whoever who's done this did not come to steal cat. A potion of longevity, a potion that makes someone who should be dead live one more year and one day is so great. Who would want a cat when they could have this potion? Yes. And my notes, my notes. Oh, dear. What if they took my notes? What if they read my notes? What if they I must sleep now? I cannot. I cannot lose sight of the bigger choices and the goal. I must sleep now. You, Raincloud. Yes. You, Meerkat, who's on the floor doing strange investigation. Hmm? You find cats be back before the chimes of six, yes? We shall, we shall do our level best. I trust you. I trust you to do this. You are no mocha. You are no pidge. But you I trust in this moment. And for now, I sleep. Roll your perception as she opens the door and walks out. 19. 19. Excellent. Meerkat, I'm thinking you're distracted, so you're not getting an opportunity to roll on this as you complete this ritual. Yep. Excellent. Uh, the 19 gets you a little insight uh, and a little understanding as she walks into the other room. And much like this room, and, and instead of leading to a hall or some other room... Uh, you see this wide open space. It looks like part of it is cordoned off, but with no walls. And it's minimalistic. It is beautiful. The only thing it has that distinguishes it from some royalty space, some space of a great king or queen, is that it is so open and so minimal. But there are windows everywhere, including in the ceiling. There is a beautiful master bath at the far end. You only get a moment to see it, but it is luxurious in every way, except there's no gold, there's no silver, there's no platinum. There's no aesthetic that would imply something great. It is this beautiful, minimalistic structure that is intended to be lived in. 
There's an open space. It looks like a workout space. There is this bed chamber, and you notice the bed is a mess. You catch the hint of a smell that you've you've smelled before, but you can't put your finger on it with your 19. You know you smelled it before. You also see that uh, she's embarrassed as she opens the door and sees you looking in. She looks back at you to say goodnight, and instead of saying anything, she closes the door quickly. Okay. Did it look like it was the bedroom that she shares with whoever she's married to? Or did it look like a single person's bedroom? That was a single person's space. However, you're pretty sure that bed and the bedclothes and the mess uh, would indicate that that was used for other purposes this eve. Other okay. than sleeping. Yes. Gotcha. Hmm. Uh, Meerkat, who is this woman? Hmm? Huh? What? Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> were you were you communing? I uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm I'm just honing in. I'm trying to get a check uh, of Lady Amathea. Ten... Is she gone? I I've not been paying attention. Oh, okay, ten minutes okay. have passed, and you've been able to cast the spell. What does the spell empower you to do? Uh, it allows me to focus in on. Let me just get the uh, describe an or name a specific kind of beast or plant, and you know I'm going for Lady Amethia. <laughs> uh, concentrating on the voice of nature in your surroundings, you learn the direction and distance to the closest creature or plant of that kind within five miles, if they are present. You definitely sense that Lady Amethia, or the cat that you pick up on, because you're looking for a domesticated cat. Uh, mm -hmm. a specific Turkish Angora styling, and you're able to focus in based on that information. And the nearest one of those is within five miles. It is not far away, but there is something inhibiting you from discerning exactly where, but you would say it's within a quarter mile at the furthest. But there is something blocking your ability to perceive it. It is there, but it is also not there is the way you would have used the spell before or outside or somewhere else. So th something is thwarting your efforts to discern it. Can I try to figure out what type of map of like, I I'm assuming this is some type of magical disturbance. And I think with, uh, you know, with this, with my new, with my new intelligence, with the, with the tea that's coursing through my veins, I would like to try to figure out if I can discern what type of arcanic ritual is being used to do, to block it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You get a sense that there is, uh, there is a significant intentional warding of some sort, some sort of field or force that is thwarting any kind of ritual or magical investigation or divination into the space that this animal must be in. Beautiful. Um from the window of the shop, I would like to, you know, as as Rainclad and Marie. Oh, are there any windows? There are no windows. There are just there are no just three doors total, and the three doors are one to the outside, one to the bathroom, and one to the room she went into. All the windows were in the other room, and that oh. room was filled with windows. All right. In that case, I'm going to, you know, get up, get up off from the ground, strap Tuna back onto my shoulder, <laughs> kind of like a parrot in an old pirate movie, and you know, say, "Listen, Maria, we are we are going to we are going to find Lady Amathea and bring everything to right here." Now, 
uh you know this is more just this is more just for us is is there any fun little potions that you think you might want to throw our way that might help us in our investigation here maybe this fun one in a little heart-shaped vial as you come out of your ritual casting and are saying all this and you're looking around the room at the potions and wondering what you can acquire from her you realize she is not in the room it didn't occur to you as you look and moonglow is just standing there with with her mouth open looking at you like uh really okay fine <laughs> maria maria there how is long was i in the ritual about 10 minutes <laughs> oh good lord there's uh there's definitely a sense of understanding that you didn't have before. Uh you definitely get the sense that this mess was uh more complicated. Kind of taking that time to do the ritual magic as you look around you now, you kind of appreciate that uh what happened here was maybe more violent than you originally anticipated. Or understood. That's the better word. Oh jeez. Oh, gosh, Tuna, I'm starting to wonder whether or not this was a a peaceful event that, you know, maybe the cat just walked out with everyone else, or if the cat was maybe threatening them. I don't know what's even... I don't know what's happening here, Tuna. Do you still have the potion that you picked up, the the love filter in your hand? I do. It is, it, Meerkat hid it behind his back and tucked it into kind of like the back of his... Uh, Little sash. You uh, you feel the potion gently pulling away from you. It's as if it wants to go back to its space. Uh, oh, jeez. Okay. Uh. All right. I'm just going to grab the potion kind of in the back, and it's probably, like, tugging on my hand a little very, bit. Very, very gently, as if it, it it's not going to fly away from your hand. It's It's a gentle tug, as if it wants to go back to the place it's supposed to be. All right, well, I was planning to recycle the glass because it's a perfectly good jar. I could use it to hold some other things, but uh, all right, here you go. And I kind of just like let it lead me almost to where it would be, uh, where it'd be situated on the shelf. Because obviously, even with my enhanced intelligence, I do not know where this glass would belong. Uh, Both of you should roll perception as you place this bottle back down. This is the first natural 20. Natural 20. Excellent you see that all the bottles seem to adjust to where they should be when that potion is set down. Cool. Very subtle, but discernible. Uh, now, Rainclad, it looks as though... I mean, you saw that too, right? That, that, those, <laughs> oh, yes. These yes, potions seem to be... Yes. Yeah, these potions seem to be communicating with one another. It disturbs me to think that perhaps the potion that was missing, this lifelong, this everlong, this extra life potion, if it is now missing, perhaps there's some kind of uh, energy that is being shared with the other potions here. Perhaps that, you know, we may need to find a potion, that potion or an equivalent potion to return here. But all the same, uh, I need, gosh, so much has happened. I need to fill you in on the... On the uh, the Lady Amathea situation. Yes, uh, I was I was I was busy cleaning myself for a moment there. I kind of uh, <laughs> kind of zoned out. Well, she is nearby, uh, and okay. you know you know normally I'm quite able to tell where where a, you know where a, a plant or animal could be. However, there seems to be something blocking me, and uh, so I I do know that that while she is nearby, I do not have an exact location of where she may be. 
I fear this may be something to do with some of the this uh, time loop magic that might be going on here. It's just a working theory, of course, but uh, I, I, you know, maybe we should start looking around the town and see what might else be going on here. Definitely, yes. I, I'm in, agree- in agreement with that. Um, let's first quickly take stock of exactly what we know, just to be sure. Miss um, um, Sklodowska uh, told us that a number of potions had been... Well, this is while you were, while you were in your ritual. Uh, a number of potions had been broken or smashed. There was the potion of um, uh, extra double large enlargement potion. Um, there was an in- invisibility potion, which is going to make our lives rather difficult, I fear. And also a love potion or potions, if I recall correctly. Um, all the types of things I tend to stay away from if and when I can. Um, this is, I've, I I don't know if you noticed, I feel like I'm in over my head here. Um, I'm, I'm just really glad that you're, that we're paired up on this because I, I think it, it's this, this task suits your particular skills a little better. Uh, am I missing anything in, in what we know? Well, uh, from what I was saying, looking at, it does look as though there were two different creatures that came in to maybe mm-hmm. perhaps do some of the ransacking. Uh, it does appear as though uh, that Lady Amethia may have left willingly, or, you know, it did appear to leave as well, because I saw there were footprints that were leading out of the store as well. So, you know, they did not kidnap the the Lady Amethia uh, in their trouble. So I fear we might not have all the information here to make a make a qualified lead. I'm thinking perhaps maybe either the, the, the Lady Amethia was in on it or they were chasing the ruffians away. We just do not know. Well, one thing that may, may work in our favor is that... Um, wait, the tan's covered in snow, right? Is that, am I remembering that correctly? A fresh snow that was falling as you came in. Oh. So every, every moment uh, will make it harder. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that you should, at this point... Uh, rain cloud, roll an investigation. Uh, as okay. this conversation was occurring, your newfound intelligence is kind of leading you to look a little closer. It's really not. I rolled a three, so that's a four with my new my new intelligence. You you look, and it's almost double what you understood before. So there you go. <laughs> Twice nothing is still nothing. Excellent. Uh, I interrupted you. Please continue. Where were you going to go next? I, w- I was just going to say, Meerkat, we should, we should make haste. The snow is falling. Um, if we can, I mean, I, I can at least follow tracks in snow. That is something that I am I'm all right at. Oh, hey, let's absolutely lead the way. And while we're out there, what was going on between you and uh, Maria there? there, was there did I sense a spark? No, I, I really don't think so. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw a wedding band and... She seems very distracted. This doesn't seem the... I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of if we are indeed trapped here forever. But look, that's not important right now. That's not important at all. Let's, um, let's continue with our job. All right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about 3.45 in the morning when you open the front door. All right, well, let's look for these tracks that you were mentioning. Mm. I, I, they must be leading somewhere if they're heading outside the shop. You've looked at this town when you came in, and you can see that even the hoof prints from the animals that brought you here have disappeared in the new fallen snow. You also see that right outside this door, thanks to the awning right above, is not covered in snow immediately in front of the door. Beyond that, the snow is thick. 
Beyond that, you see that the town is still asleep. You see that the moon has moved further in the sky and the stars has shifted as you expected. But as you look into the night, you realize it's going to be very difficult to track or discern anything in this new fallen snow. But right in front of you, you have an opportunity. So if either one of you or both of you would like to roll survival to discern tracking skill at this point, I will allow it. Five. Five. Nat one. Excellent. This is so perfect. I love it. Uh, You step out. Maybe for you. (laughs) You step out the door and you realize uh, you can't make out any tracks on this little landing space underneath the awning. Uh, In in spite of your best efforts and your skill in this area, you look and you just see that nothing is coming to you. And as you as you venture further away, trying not to add tracks to the tracks that you're looking for, uh, you pick up on two important things. One, it's really cold right now and you are not dressed for the cold. You were at your guild, you were having a beer, you were disappointed with how your day had gone. This was not where you anticipated being. Second, once you venture off from the front door, the door closes and you hear it latch behind you. As you look around in front of you, you start to get a little disappointed because you can't see any tracks. You can't figure out where to go. And the best that you can tell, Meerkat, is that you're to go left from your ritual casting earlier and then out into the snow and a hard left from there. It's the only possible link you have at this moment. Quick question. All right, All right yes. Ring. Oh. Sorry. Um, uh, there was a, um, you said the awning didn't have any snow on it. The awning doesn't have any snow under it. Under the awning it. has okay, snow. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. right. Okay. It's the one place where there wasn't snow that was occupying the ground. Um. You were going to say something, Meerkat? All right, Raincloud. It, it appears as though we've got you know, two options here. You know, I, I even though my, my locate animal spell did not work perfectly, I am getting an inkling kind of it's over to the left a little bit, just kind of like further on beyond the house. We could also perhaps try going to the stables where we saw that. Well, you, you said you saw someone walking around there earlier. I was already barging into the house <laughs> where the where, where the pegasi are, uh, you know, and we could investigate there. And worst comes to worst, we try to get those pegasi to take us home. So we've got those two options. I will leave it up to you. I, you know, I either one seems to have some sort of some sort of uh, some validity. I'm sorry. What was the first option? Oh, uh, well, uh, I seem to, I'm getting a sense of, you know, where Lady Amethia might be, but it's more of a vague region. Yes, let's let's follow that. I don't think the, the that beautiful stable boy is going to be much use, uh, nor are those Pegasi going to bring us home of their own volition. Is that, yes. Oh, you didn't mention he was beautiful. Oh, stunning. Intimidatingly so. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, let's let you know. Let's let's work up our game a little bit before we go. Maybe just go see him. Uh, let's here. Follow me. We'll go this way, and uh, we're gonna kind of we're gonna start heading towards the uh, the direction that I sense to sense that Lady Mathia may be in the general region. Uh, the town is set up in such a way that there is a main road, and then every space between every house is relatively large, as if you could put another entire building between them there is so much room as if somebody designed this and laid it out with a future thought or intent to add new things at some future date and it does not look like 
there has been anything added to this village. It is quaint. It is quiet. It is so quiet that when you hear the door open to the bakery, you can hear it as if you were standing next to it. And out steps uh, a strapping person, a tall, full-bodied person. God, everyone in this town is just hot, aren't they? It is a dwarf carrying a very tall dwarf, a five foot, five foot two. Uh, Matter of fact, you've never seen a dwarf quite that tall, um, carrying a large basket of baked goods. The dwarf takes a few steps and seems to focus in not on your movement, but instead on your breathing, as if it can sense you, even though they were heading away from you. And as she turns around and looks at you, she says, Ho there. Oh, hello. Salutations. I do not know either of you. Who might you be and what brings you so late at night to our fair city? Town? Village? Locale? That's the wrong word. Yes, there are many words for domiciles. Uh, <laughs> do you not happen to be familiar with a Lady Amathea, do you? Uh, About 12 pounds, large. Everyone knows Lady Amathea. She is a cat of great renown. Beautiful. Uh, you wouldn't happen to know where she is right now. We're, we're doing a little bit of a job for, uh, for Maria, and we are trying to locate this... This uh, missing missing cat. Uh, both of you should roll insight. Mother of oh my God! Gosh, three, uh, five, three and five. Excellent. Uh, Hori's response at this moment, the dwarf's response, is to to uh, turn away from you. Say just a moment, and turns away from you. Opens the door to the bakery back up sets the baked goods inside on the floor, and then closes the door, kind of takes a deep breath, and then says, What do you know? Uh, we, we know she is missing. And, and is that all? You know she's missing? Where, where was she seen last? Who saw her? Marie hired you? When did she hire you? How did you get here? Were you summoned? Did she bring you here from outside? I don't recognize you. Therefore, that must be true. And you can see that this person, this dwarf, is just sort of rattling up their amount of, not interrogation, but like changing from a baker to someone who is thoroughly invested in helping find this cat as if it is very, very important. Yeah, I mean, we could just we can just re- relay all the information that we have. Excellent. At, and you do. And as soon as you finish, the dwarf had not moved. The dwarf had stuck exactly where she was. Her feet firmly planted and her full attention was on you. At which point she says, so we think the cat came out the door chasing two potential thieves or ruffians. Yes. Yep. That that about that about tracks it down. Immediately, she moves around you, counting your footprints, counting the footprints of the two pegasi that went through earlier that are horses, as we were calling them, uh, making kind of an assessment, looking, moving little bits of snow, and then turns to you and says, 
As, as you know, I am on a schedule like everyone else here, and my schedule cannot be disrupted. But I have some insight to offer you if you're willing to hear it and don't take affront to me being so bold. Oh no, that is fine. We are both relatively low on the intelligence poll. We are much more of a, uh, we're a performative bunch, so please, any insight you have would be most gracious. It would be very obvious, I'm sure, to both of you that the three creatures that came out of here would look like six, and I could see why you would be confused. It would seem that the one, no doubt Lady Almathea, four-pawed, grew two sizes within the first six steps out the door. As you can see from the paw prints inside the snow just beneath it here. And she, she pulls out a lantern to spotlight exactly what she's looking at. And she shows you very clearly that cat's paws of a medium size were made, a small size, excuse me. Uh, and then large size paw prints seem to grow out of the cat. Like the cat grew two full sizes in paw prints. While at the same time, the two other creatures seemed to shrink in size to the size of mice. And the cat, no doubt, was chasing it. Hmm. And as you can see, they ran around, no doubt, back behind the house. I hope you will not assume too much of me that I must follow the schedule, in spite of how important it is that Lady Almathea be found and put back before 6 a.m., yes? Before 6 a.m.? Yes. Could I ask you one question? I mean, first off, thank you so much for all your help. But what... What is this schedule that we keep hearing about? Why is everyone in this, in this town so beholden to, to schedule? You, you ever have a perfect day? I, I Yes, I'm sure I have. I'm sure you have. Forgive me, I must go. Okay, well, thank you again. Of course. Good luck, and if you should need more help, I free up between 4.30 and 4.38. Sounds frightful, but very well. I'm thinking I maybe should have had to learn to read time before coming here. <laughs> I know. There's not even a clock tower around. How are they all keeping to these schedules? Oh my god, you can't either? Oh, thank god. Okay. I mean, how long is a minute? I've no idea. God, oh, thank you. Oh, I feel so much better. Let's just keep pretending. I mean, when I say I sleep for 16 to 18 hours, I mean, I gauge that by how I feel afterwards and how, what I've been told about how long I sleep. That is kind of my only, my only point of reference. And, I mean, imagine being that hot and that uptight at the same time. Is there something fishy going on here? I Rain. don't know. Those two frequently go hand-in-hand free hand together. Rain, well, maybe, Rain. We're, maybe we're attracted to different things, then. Raincloud oh, Cloud and Meerkat, would you please both roll Perception? And also uh, interrupting your dialogue uh, about midway into that conversation you just had, you heard four distinct chimes emanating from somewhere, but easily being heard all around the town. I got a nine on my perception. Excellent. I, in the tradition of rolling well on the things that I have good bonuses in and vice versa, I got a 23 on perception. <laughs> Excellent. Very hot and cold. Uh... It does look like the dwarf went back, opened the door, picked up the bundle, never turned back to look at you, and hurriedly moved away from Maria's house down toward the many other 
uh, buildings in the village, uh, as if trying to make up lost time. You also see that behind this building is a shed. Uh, Maria's building is very, very large, and you pick up two distinct things. You, you can almost see the tracks uh, as laid out by Hori when she came and pointed them out to you, leading towards that shed, as she indicated. But you can also notice three things about the shed. One, the shed looks like the same wooden architecture that kind of makes up most of this place. Two, you realize that none of the wood is wood. All of the wood in this place instead is stone made to look like wood, as if they were looking for a thematic and didn't want to lose it, but wanted the structures to be stronger and more robust. When I'm looking at this at this kind of like stone structure here, does it look as though it's been weathered by time? Like it does it look as though there is like use of it or does it look like it's just kind of new? It looks like it has been here for a thousand years. All right. Uh, the other thing you notice as you approach the shed, and I'm not saying you went over to the shed, but as you closed a little to get a better look, uh, you realize the shed is not uh, a wooden shed. It is not a stone shed. It is made of steel. You see that from the glint of the moon off it. You also see that the door that is closed... Uh, seems almost impenetrable. Your skills in this area of opening things and going in places maybe you shouldn't indicate that this was made to stop anyone from ever entering it. It is foreboding in just its appearance. There is so much happening here that I just do not only do not understand, but it seems as they are actively hiding it. I, I, this place, I'm, this is very fishy, this entire place. Even if there wasn't a mystery afoot, it's giving me the willies. Mm. Um, should we continue, continue to investigate the town? Just see what we can take in? Uh, or? Yes, I almost, I, I almost want to see what everyone's, this, I think that maybe one of the hints to this should be the schedules that everyone seems to be so strictly adhering to. Mm. Maybe if we can get a better sense of what people are doing with their day, we can, Maybe see what might be missing. Maybe maybe the fact that uh, Lady Amethia seems to be going off their schedule. Perhaps we could find somebody else whose schedule has been affected by their disappearance. That perhaps we could... It would give us a clue to see where Lady Amethia might now be. Mm. I'm also wondering if Lady Amethia turned into a gigantic cat and the assailants, or the, whatever we're calling them, became tiny... I mean, any cat worth its salt would easily catch such two little tiny things and dispatch of them or toy with them and probably bring them back to their owner. None of this has happened. It seems it seems unusual, but by the same token, this seems like not an ordinary cat to begin with. But I daren't speculate as to why. <sighs> so many questions. Not so many. enough answers. I wish, I wish Pidge and Mocha were here. <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, a, a very loud, clear roar comes from the shed. You don't think the rest of the town could hear it, but where you're standing and the way that metal kind of resounds, it's as if it was a speaker aimed directly at your ears. And you hear it as clear as day. And there we will take a break. 
Ufa! Yikes. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. You can subscribe to receive new episodes through your podcast player or by visiting firebreathingkittenspodcast.com or finding us on YouTube. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. You can find more adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, all one word, podcast. That's right, you can curl up with a good book based on one of our podcast episodes. The authors do a really great job of adapting them into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Yes, that's right, you really can own a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front. Uh, let's pick up when, can, would, would both of you roll a 20-sided die? The closest to 10, closest to 10, will give us our, <laughs> like, I already know I'm going to roll a 10. <laughs> well, I got a 19. I, got 19. I rolled a 9, so. All right, all right. You get to tell us what has occurred to, to just give us a summation, and we'll pick back up. And I'll start with, uh, welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. Our podcast today features the one and only uh, Rain Cloud Moonglow. Shazam! And Meerkat. Hello! Meerkat, why don't you tell us what's occurred so far? Well, after finding two Pegasi outside of the Firebreathing Kittens Guild home, Raincloud and Meerkat hopped aboard and flew to the mysterious town of Brigade, where Brigade... Brigade? Is that correct? Brigade. Brigade is fine. You're fine. Meerkat and Raincloud, hopping aboard these two Pegasi, sailed to the mysterious town of Brigade, where they ran into Maria Sklodowska who is missing her dear cat, Lady Amethia. Uh, but it seems that there is a strange occurrence happening in this town here, as everyone is adhering to some mysterious schedule that seems to be a very, very, very important that everyone stay aboard. Uh, Meerkat and Raincloud followed some footsteps out in the snow and ran into Hori, a dwarf baker, who seemed to give them a little bit more illumination and uh, that Lady Amethia may be more important than both of them even seemed to realize. Just as they were floundering about trying to figure out where they would go next, they heard a loud cry echo from a shed beneath the baker's house. Ah, excellent. Thank you. Uh, and there is that, that sound of almost uh, a cry-like roar coming from the shed uh, behind Maria's house. And you, uh, you've been looking around the town. What would you like to do next? All right. Now, uh, Raincloud, I do feel as though uh, I can't ignore just that. that I can't ignore that. Rau, uh, is I know you're a rogue. I don't know any ways of getting. Is there? You, is there perhaps a chance we could try to get this door open to see what was going on in there? You know, I think this might be a door that my retractable claws could get open. I may not even need the thieves' tools. Let's let let's try it. Okay, can can I investigate where this was coming from? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, 
Go ahead and roll your investigation. Okay. I'm still on a, a, a extra. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yes. Am I still on a, yes, a boost for that? It's it's going to stay till about six fifteen for you. And I'm going to stay rolling total garbage. I rolled a four <laughs> plus one. Uh, your investigation indicates that this door is impenetrable. That short okay. of some miracle, uh, you don't see how you could get through the door. Uh, and just for clarity, uh, Meerkat, do you have any interest in rolling investigation at this point? Absolutely. I'm looking at this door as well with my fervid eyes, taking a look to see what might be going on around here with my ten. Oh, excellent. Uh, you are able to see some footprints. It's right at the base of the door, and you see that there is just about that big of a gap, maybe four inches at the most at the base of the door. Um, that little teeny tiny gap doesn't make the door any less impenetrable, but you can see the two sets of bipedal footprints that were very tiny, like mouse size, ran and slid under that door. You also see one giant, not giant, that's the wrong sizing, uh, you see one large uh, cat paw print right before the door off to the left-hand side. And it looks like the cat was trying to pivot to slam into the door, kind of like running at a fast rate to catch these little creatures and slam into the door. Only there was no contact. Um, could I discern what type of a roar it was that we heard? Oh, yeah. Roll your perceptions. Okay, nine. Uh, Fifteen. Rain Cloud, you're not sure if you can tell anything more than a roar, but when you two kind of have a little conversation about it, it's very clear Meerkat thinks it was a large cat, like a leopard or a tiger, and you're kind of like, I would have detected, I should know that. You did not. All right, here's the thing. Uh, we have to get into the shed. We have to get into the shed. Yes, it's it's as far as clues go, this is definitely the biggest one that we've come across so far. Ah, <laughs> uh, and uh yeah, yeah. I don't know if you have any like fun, clever ways of getting in. I I don't have much in the terms of uh, arcane ability that might be able to, uh, you know, uh. poke a hole through the veil, so to speak. I mean. Uh, our friend Maria was was quite cagey about her potions, but uh, maybe she has one that could shrink us down for like twenty seconds and then back to normal fighting size. That seems like a long shot. Hmm. Could uh, could I try to like lean down on the ground, shuddering because the snow is very cold and I am not used to the cold weather, uh, and to, like, try to like peek under the door frame? You said there was a little bit of space between the base, a, like an inch or so. Is uh, that something? About- it's about four inches. It's, it, okay. You could almost like get uh, a paw or a hand uh, slid under, um, but you couldn't get very far beyond that uh, just because of the the thickness of the door. The door looks very, very thick, possibly eight to 12 inches of thickness. Okay. I say, I did bring with me uh, my um, <clears throat> infiltration tools, and including my, a steel mirror. I've got a small little mirror that we could possibly use to, to look inside and see what's going on. Yes, that sounds quite good. I think that might be a very... I think that might be a very smart move there. 
Uh, both did of I did I do something smart? Congratulations are indeed in order. Thank you. Clap, clap, Thank clap, you. Clap. As you both get down on the ground trying to look underneath the door, would you please both roll perception for me? Ten. Oh my god. Eight. <laughs> uh, you both working together kind of uh, move the snow out of the way to make it a little more comfortable for you to lay on. And as you do, you see that there is a mat. Hmm. Inside? Uh, no. Outside the door. Oh, does it say anything on it? Uh, you'd have to brush away and actively work uh, to see that. Does it have anything underneath it? Does it? Uh, it does. It has a key. You see? Always bring a rogue. <laughs> Meerkat is still looking <laughs> underneath the door, looking into the room. It's very thick. Raincloud is, is standing there smugly, waiting a little too long for him to stand up. <clears throat> Meerkat, Meerkat. Huh? Oh, oh, ah. always, always, always bring a rogue. Oh, oh. I don't have to it write was, that down. There's a key under the, under the Okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try the key in the door. Uh, excellent. You see that the key looks like it fits, but it looks like it has multiple positions the key can take. Uh, it, it might be worthy of your time to uh, use maybe some skills or work together to uh, potentially investigate, look at, again, using your uh, myriad skills that you might have to... Maybe my thieves tool God, plus six would, do, would help me with I that? I think that might. I think this particular case, okay. uh, that Someone might... was looking at my character sheet. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing. Do you... I really want to get into this door here. I cannot offer too much in terms of, of, of utility in breaking into this shit, but I can absolutely help you try to get in here. Uh, Meerkat's going to put both his hands on Raincloud's shoulders and um, cast Enhance Ability uh, using Cat's Grace to give you advantage on any dexterity checks. Ooh. I say, Wait, this feels marvelous. <laughs> advantage? Advantage. Yes. And, and what skill okay, are you... Because I rolled, I rolled an eight the first time. What skill are you using here, uh, Raiden Cloud? A sleight of hand, please. Excellent, thank you. So I got a 17. You got a 17 uh, with the bonuses. Uh, you, you're able to tell there, there looks like there's six or seven positions uh, that would make this work. Your sleight of hand gives you a little indication that maybe there's some traps... And maybe there's some things that make this situation much, much worse. Uh, and so if you have any um, other skills or anything you want to bring to bear before you try one of these, just let me know. Yeah, I'm probably going to do a, a, a check for traps. Oh, know, excellent. Okay. Oh, and actually, yeah. before you do that, um, Tuna off my shoulder is going to say, and here is a little bit of luck to help you get through this because this is very dangerous <laughs> trap. Uh, and blow a little kiss, and I'm going to give ooh, you a die ooh. of bardic inspiration. Oh, there you go. Okay. So I'll, now... Always bring a bard. I was going to say, bring a bard, bring a thief. Um, oh. Sorry, rogue. Forgive me. Forgive and me. And actually, rogue. before we continue, uh, so it's a d6 right now is my is my bardic die. And uh, because of my bardic college, with the ability check, you get to roll two die of that and then pick whichever you would like. I see. So... To recap, I am rolling a, a perception check for checking for traps. Uh, well, you, I would. Uh, I'm thinking you can, if you so desire, uh, roll uh, thieves' tools in this particular case. Yeah. Even okay. 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 Yeah. 
Okay, so plus six and then plus advantage d6. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Did you roll one? I rolled a one. I rolled Excellent. a one, but it's not an attack roll, so it's not an no. auto crit. Uh, according to the official Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragons rules, I, but you know it's DM's discretion, obviously. Uh, think of this as an attempt at a dexterity roll. You're trying to get the key into the right position. You think you have it. Uh, the key slips in your hand literally goes too far and you feel a little prick in your left or your right thumb i'm assuming you're right-handed yeah Mm -hmm. you feel a little prick in your right thumb oh uh wait should i roll these d6 am i am i am i using this roll or did i just because you because of enhance ability you wait yeah oh wait no it's thieves tool is this not a dexterity check yeah shoot oh whoa 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 whoa. it is it is is based on a dex check yeah Yeah. oh if it is then you do have advantage on that because of enhance ability Oh, okay. Thank. I'm just trying Christ, to. I, I'm just trying to buff you as much as I can. Because there was luck and a hands ability. Okay, I'm That's losing right. track. All right. I'm out there performing like on the side, doing a little jig. Okay. Well, I rolled a nine, but that's plus six. Okay. And plus, I rolled snake eyes on the on the d sixes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, plus seven total. So uh, yeah, sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. So you see the little needle jump out and right as it does it just touches your finger before you get it away it never actually penetrates and you are quick enough to get your hand away and realize that is the wrong setting you reach back down pull the key out just the right way and turn it and you hear the mechanism of the door start to to undo it is not a sl- it is not a quick process it is a slow methodical unwinding you can hear as if a whole bunch of gears are being changed and at the same time you hear grinding noises and you also hear what sounds like a giant spring or coiled set of bands slowly unwrapping the noise can can be heard everywhere in the town oops uh, that does not sound good. Oh, good Jesus. Is there, uh, is, is this door by any chance flanked by big planters or flower pots that we can quickly duck behind, <laughs> or is there anywhere we can, or does my, does my natural snow camouflage help us at all in this situation? <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you, theoretically, your snow camouflage, you could, you could dodge away, leaving Meerkat to stand in front of the door, uh, and, and hide in the, in the snowy wood just past the shed, uh, by about 115, 130 feet. Yeah, I'll, no, no, I'll, let's, I'll let's... stay here. <laughs> no, 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 I'll, I'll, don't worry, old chap. I've got your back. Let's ride this one out. You know, you know, we 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 knew this was a risk when we went to try to open this mysterious shed with a loud creature within. And Meerkat, I'm all in here. I refuse to be trapped for eternity in a place where everyone's lives are based on a strict schedule, and they they won't they won't deviate from it. That's I would sooner die. No, no chance for spontaneity. Even if everyone that we've seemed to meet so far has been smoking. I know, I know. And I mean, I presumably, you know, they don't have much entertainment here. I'm sure you could make a handsome living. But let's not dwell on that. Let's not dwell on that. All right, well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Maybe that sounds like something I might be interested in. No, I mean, I... Oh, but yes, yes, of course, for later, for later. We'll we'll see what's in here first. Hmm. I mean, you're welcome to stay after we find out how to leave. 
Meerkat, you're you're envisioning the very first time you ever stepped on stage. You were courageous and brave, and you remember it. But at this moment, you're thinking of all the things, all the doubts, all the fears that cropped up in your brain at that moment. Because you're standing here as this loud noise is so overwhelming and slow that you see lights all over town start to turn on. <laughs> because... You can imagine that when this door is open, people in town are supposed to know. It's intended to do everything it's doing. And you cannot do anything but wait. So is this door open enough that I could that I could potentially try to see into it? No, it actually hasn't moved. Whatever oh. unlocking mechanisms are still churning inside it. Uh, as I mentioned, it, it looks to be 8 to 12 inches thick. And whatever mechanisms bar it from being open, that little key turn just initiated the opening. And the sound is so overwhelmingly loud that whoever invented this, whoever designed it, intended for people to know when it was open and being closed. All right, Rain. All right, Rain Cloud. If, if you can try to keep opening this door here, I will try to... You know, maybe fend off anyone that might be coming our way. I have a, I have a, I have a dark feeling that opening this might lead to some unwanted visitors. If you can maybe keep trying to get it open to see what is going on inside, I will, I will, I will have your six, as they call it. Excellent. Can I get Perfect. two perception rolls, please? You may work in concert for this role uh, if you so desire. Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Eighteen. 18. Oh, excellent. Uh, you hear Hori's deep voice as she seems to go around town reassuring everybody that everything's okay and that they should maintain their normal schedule. Cool. I mean, they left the key under the mat. I don't think we're, we're doing anything <laughs> too untoward here. Five full minutes. Jesus. Five full minutes. You are sure, as a brilliant rogue, that this door is supposed to take this long, that there wasn't a different setting, that the intention was that when the door was open, everybody would be aware, and therefore any thief who would dare to be foolish enough to try to open it <laughs> would be found out immediately, or at least in five minutes. It's <clears throat> a good system. All that being said, the door does eventually open. Inside is a small lit room about the size of what you'd expect the shed to be, only a little smaller because it does look like every single part of the wall made of steel, including the door, is 12 inches thick. It is amazing that you were able to hear any sound, except this room also seems to be some sort of echo chamber. It seems to enhance any sounds inside the room. And you see beyond this room a long corridor... You're not sure what's illuminating this room, but you also see two signs. Uh, uh, signs yeah, say? Meerkat is going to walk inside to go to take, take a look and see what these signs are saying. Okay, the, there's a sign on the left-hand wall. Uh, it's kind of immediately to the left when you walk in, but it's on the wall facing towards the door. And as you look at it, uh, it has some words. You're not sure if you can discern it. It, it appears to be in a language you do not know. Uh, in this particular case, uh, you may be able to recognize that it is draconic, but you don't know any of the words, as I understand. Is that correct? 
Uh, 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 I don't know what any of this is saying right now. Uh, do you, is, is this a language you know? I mean, it looks like abyssal, but, uh, no, <laughs> sorry. There are two, uh, iconic representations. One suggests death, and the other suggests thieves. You're not sure what it's saying, but it's definitely there. There is another sign. It is to the right. You actually have to close the door to be able to see it. Close it fully or can we no, close no, it No, no, no. You don't have to close it fully, but you do have to you have to do okay. move it away from the open space you walk through. I think as as because uh, I, I I imagine Raincloud entered the room first because Meerkat was dutifully holding his six. Uh, and I think as as Meerkat came in, probably closed the door to the room to try to uh, keep out any potential uh, ne'er-do-wells who are trying to chase after them. Okay. What does this other sign say, then? Oh, oh I'm, okay. <clears throat> Respect and tribute to all those who created this chamber to house the work of the great Baroness of Ice. It's written in common. It's very clear. It is 16 paragraphs long. Roll your perception checks. Oof. 14. Uh, 20. Uh, both of you recognize there is another message embedded deeply in the words that are written here. As if written in Thieves Can't. It says, Delightful. Any thief who would dare breach the threshold of this chamber will suffer a fate so far worse than death. Pain and suffering that they would wish they had never been born. I mean, I consider myself more of a swashbuckler than a thief. <laughs> you know, if we're putting labels on things. I mean, thieves' tools. You know, I mean, I got them from a thief. Doesn't make me a thief. Anyway. <laughs> no, la- labels are so arbitrary, you know? It's like, you know, thieves, swashbuckler. It's, it's, it's a self-identification that's really what's important at the end. Yeah, it's, it's reductive. Yes. And that that's a fate worse than death. Yeah. Um nonetheless, maybe maybe you should take the four uh, in this situation, not being as identifiably thievish as myself. What? You mean I am not identified as a thief? He's just very loud yelling in the shed. <laughs> no, no, no. I I understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, I I mean I mean just uh, and he's just kind of like looking around like you know, I don't see any death. Uh, actually, looking around, like, what do I see inside this shed? Oh, excellent. Uh, it's very uh, sparse, minimalistic, very much in the style of uh, Maria's home. It has, uh, it seems to be of the same architecture inside as you saw in her place, uh, as the bathroom, as well as the workshop and the other room, as well as what you saw in the bedroom. <clears throat> that being said... There are obviously two creatures that live in this space. They are very large, and you should both roll your survival skills or work together to roll a single roll, however you like. Well, I got a 12. Eight. Uh, The two of you are pretty sure you're facing some sort of dragon, some sort of drake, uh, some sort of creature, and there are two of them, that that would represent... uh, uh, hindquarters and a tail, 
and then four paws that occasionally reach down and touch the ground and, and go on four with a, a long tail that sweeps the ground behind it. Oh, jeez. There are also, uh, off in the corner opposite the door you came in, on the ground, what at first doesn't look like anything, uh, it appears that there are indentations in the floor. If you walk over to them and check on them, you will need to make a sleight of hand or an investigation roll. Sleight of hand. Oh, 25. 19. You push on them, the indentations on the floor, and rising up from the ground are four bowls. In two of the bowls are liquid, clear, looks like water. In the other two bowls are bits of meat and kibble and some sort of food that creatures would eat. Hmm. The lettering on each bowl is four in number. Again, in that language, you can't determine. However, you may make a history slash intelligence roll at this point, and you may work together or separately as you so desire. I think we should work together on this one. Yes, yes. I, I may give you the help action on this one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my history isn't great. It I, kind of tends to go in one ear and out the other. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to guess ours are, if not equal, uh, very okay, close. Well, you, you give me the help action then. All right. Oh. <laughs> I, don't know if you can, I don't know if you can help a three. Well, I believe the help action gives you advantage. It okay. does. I, oh, okay. I am looking, yeah, I'm looking through songs of old that I know, just kind of like through all the towns I've visited, sure. trying to see if I like remember any bits of lore. Oh yes, I yes, that melody rings a bell. Uh, it, yes. it it does. It it lets you know that there there is a song. There is a song that uh, comes from an ancient fairy tale. It's it, it originated in Draconic. It is passed around in Draconic, and even to this day, the bard is aware that this song still uses the two words to describe the two uh, drakes in that song. So as your minds are churning, you come to this moment where you're like, fee and fi. And it's spelled F-I-E-E, pronounced fee, and phi, F-I-G-H, like sigh with an F. And you know this because it is such a tune, and it just so happens you have both seen the lettering and wording in this way, in things you have read, and you know the song by heart as, as children are taught it. Oh yes, this is just a children's song. I mean, we must all know this one. So. Yes, yes, re remind me of, of the, the gist. Oh yes, oh, so it goes to something along like that. Fee and fi, they go along. As you hear this nary song, for they have much mystery to learn. For they solve answers that you yearn. That was a very mysterious song. They did not give many details in it, but it's mostly used for games, you know, with the hoops and sticks and such, and uh, some balls thrown upon the court. Yes, of course. But it's yes. A wonderful rendition, by the way. Oh, was, well, well, thank was... you, thank you. Tuna's been giving me lessons. Hmm. At that moment, as the song was just reaching its end, you heard the distinctive sound 
of the door closing on its own. And then you hear the excruciating grinding noise as it starts relocking and you realize the key is still in the door. Well, this is the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I suppose we've no choice. Onwards down the hallway? It was a hallway, wasn't it? It is a hallway. It is a hallway. It is uh, also illuminated in a way you're not sure. Uh, you both should roll perception or survival at this point. You may again work together or apart as you so desire. Well, you know what? Uh... You, you went first last time, so maybe, maybe I'll okay. go first this time to take a look and see what might be going on. And uh, Nick, knees quaking, uh, Meerkat is going to like walk <laughs> forward into this hallway uh, and roll perception. Excellent. And if you want to give him the help action. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I, I put my hand on his shoulder to steady his, uh, his shaking. You know, and with that, his knees remain solid. And he, you know, with a, with a newfound bravery, uses his 20 perception roll to like walk forward into this hall. Uh, the hall is illuminated, as I mentioned. It is a good 12, maybe even 13. It's an odd shape hall. Not odd. It's symmetrical perfectly, but it's 13 feet in every direction. Uh, and again, it has that kind of thick overall steel sense about it. And every noise you're making is echoing. This place is meant for you to hear everything in it. That being said, you also hear some distinct noises coming from down uh, the hallway. And it's a ramp. It's, it's slightly dropping. If you were dwarves, you would see that there is an, a decline uh, and you would be able to tell what degree it's at. But it's a pretty sharp decline. If you were an older person trying to walk down this, uh, you'd probably need a general to walk with you to keep you from falling. Uh, so it's a distinct... Uh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. It's a distinct sharp <laughs> drop as it's going down. Uh, and it does seem to continue down for about 100 feet. And uh, as I'm kind of like looking around at it, I know it's it's very lightly illuminated. Are there any signs that it, this is a trodden path? Like, does this seem to be fresh or does it seem that someone has maybe walked it recently? There are four or five distinct sets of not distinct. There are two sets of two bipedal. And you see that those are consistent with the ones you saw sneak under the door. Uh you, again, you can't tell on this size uh, what race or type of creature they may have be, even with your excellent role. Uh, but you can tell they're bipedal and they were running. The other thing you can see is there's some large cat paws, right, uh, that are hitting, but they're inconsistent. You're not accounting for all the paws. And third, you see two sets of lizard-esque creatures that obviously trailed, but their prints are everywhere. They obviously roam these halls all the time, and there are different stages of paw print and tail swipe uh, that date back a very long time. Your role was excellent, and you were able to discern quite a bit from it. Oh, and there's one other serious note. It's subtle, and only because you rolled so well only really engaging it so well, are you able to discern that there are tracks? There are tracks on the ground in the steel 
They're very slight. They're, they're minute millimeters. And there are tracks exactly in the same places. There's two tracks on the ground. There's two tracks on the walls. And there's two tracks on the ceiling. And they are worn and clear, but they are not obvious because of their lack of depth. So you did really well to discern and see that they're all around. By tracks? You like, mean like, like grips. rails? Not, grips, okay. yeah, the other way around, like indentures, yeah. in kind of like you saw with the food bowls. And they look, like, uh, they look old. They don't look very recent, correct? That is correct. They look like they've been here since time began. Or at least as far back as you can. Well, I've well, I've got, I've got nothing. <laughs> uh, what is this place? I this uh, it feels as though we've stumbled into something that maybe uh, beyond our grasp. But you know, we usually go for a lot more. You know, the two of us are usually a bit more mild in the jobs that we take. You know. I mean, give me a couple of unruly goblins in a cave any day. You know, I'll be dancing around, one arm behind my back, poking them this way and that, but. Yes. It feels this, as though we've feels... found a town that time may have forgotten. Yes, it's all very high concept. I do Fascinating. F- I do feel as though, you know, at this point, we've worked so hard to get in, we may mm. want to just continue going down. But, you know, maybe carefully. Maybe, you know, let's try to be a little quieter as we, as we continue down this hallway. Could I get two history checks, please? One each in individual, no assistance. Oh my god. Natural one! Uh, so that's a three for me. You continue to stumble forward, completely clueless <laughs> of any historical note or or idea of what you are in. You know, I have heard I before mean, that there are cats that walk on the ceiling, so maybe this is just like a typical ceiling cat. I mean, I have convinced people that I could walk on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. People are willing to believe that. Uh, you know, I bet that works. Yeah, let's let's not let's not test it. When you reach the bottom of the incline, uh, there is a natural turn in the wall. It is sharp, ninety degree turn, and it continues down another hundred feet, and then it makes another turn very sharply. And just by this, without any masterful skill or need to understand architecture, you believe at this point this ramp is leading you back underneath the town, at least underneath Maria's house. Uh, So you've basically made a series of turns and you're now going back underneath. Uh, When you do, you see that it continues flat and it no longer declines. All three of them had been declining or or going down um, previously. And then this one is kind of flat. And you are imagining that you are somewhere under the heart of the town right now. As you see before you, what can only be described as two hallways branching to the left. One, and then about 13 feet later, another. Hmm. Maybe I should investigate. Uh, uh, is there a way we can take a look to see like what these footprints that are seem to be older than time, uh, like if they're navigating towards any particular one of these hallways? Uh, it does look like they all move in the same way, and it looks like there are grooves. So if you think of them less as footprints and more of grooves in equally spaced in the 13 foot high, 13 foot wide, right? If you think of it as that, uh, they're exactly splitting 
as in two thirds, each part of the wall, each part of the floor, each part of the ceiling. Okay. Is there any indication that um, these corridors maybe could rotate, which would account for the fact that there are footprints on the sides and the roofs? And Nothing you see would indicate that. And you do notice all the footprints, except for the two lizard-like creatures, are on the what you would consider the floor. They've, they've oh, all okay. been on the down ramps, right? The lizard creatures seem to be able to move... Uh, literally on all four parts but most of the other footprints now that you've now that you've walked for almost 400 yards in this uh you you see that oh no no okay this is this makes sense yeah that's good to know because my next play was going to be to try to walk up the ceiling but i'm not going to do that and the building does seem to be made of steel uh the quarters are steel the shed was steel you're not sure you've seen a seam or a rivet you've not seen anything that would indicate any break in it at all. All right. Now here, Rain Cloud, I, it <laughs> didn't work quite well the first time, but now that we're at the, you know, a crossroads, some might say, of two different lines, which one are we going to take? I'm happy to try to cast me Locate Animal again to see if we can find the Lady Amethia, uh, you know, if, if, that, if that seems like the best move here, unless you have any other strategy or way that we should proceed. That sounds like a capital idea. All right. Now, uh, now, what the, the other thing we should met? I'm happy to. I, you know, I am. I with, with my spellcasting abilities, I'm very happy to ritually cast it. However, I do know we are on a deadline of sorts, and I'm. Uh, you know, it may be more beneficial for me to cast it immediately. I'm able to use some more of my ability to do an immediacy as opposed to some meditation that may take up to ten minutes. I mean, on that note, you hear a chime ring out indicating four chimes and a half, just like you heard earlier since you've been in this town, indicating it is 4.30. All right, I'm just going to cast it then. Uh, it, you know, I, that... can, can I say, I, I find those half chimes so unnerving, the way they just cut off like that. It's it, it really, yes, they don't resolve. Because normally a chime has a peak and then it goes transcends into the valley. Yeah, it, These chimes seem to just go straight to the peak and then cut off very abruptly. It's very there's no un- decay. There's no decay. It's very unnerving yes. to listen to. Mm, mm, very unnatural. Okay, let's get casting. All right. Uh, and the, yeah, I'm just going to cast locate animal again uh, on Lady Amethia. This time, not ritual, so burning a second level spell slot. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's it's gonna look identical as before. Where uh, uh, except this time, instead of me and Tuna looking to each other's eyes, both of our eyes just kind of flash with this bright green energy, uh, and it just courses over us. You have to approach a little closer to to really get a sense of where, but you know that Lady Amethia is merely twenty yards ahead of you. And you're right. In the space, you don't feel the restrictions. You don't feel that the there's an it, something inhibiting your abil- ability to detect. Uh, the cat is definitely in this space. The cat is through some walls ahead of you. You're just not sure which doors or pathways to take. It's not that clear because in a straight line, the cat is very clearly dead ahead. All right, she's definitely here. I, I, Lady Amethia is absolutely within our reach here. She seems to be down one of these two halls. Unfortunately, I cannot determine which is which. Your guess as you approach and look at both the halls is it's the second one. 
that you should continue past the first one and go to the second one. It's the most likely. All right. My guess would be to go down the second hall. Does that sound good to you, Rain Cloud? Sounds good. All right. Well, why don't you lead the way? Just like, you know, just for, uh, you know, you you seem the bravest of us all. That gold trim on your outfit, that might reflect some light if we are to see anyone going past. And indeed, it might dazzle any potential assailants. Okay, I shall lead the way. Uh, maybe I, I want to stealth cautiously down this corridor. Excellent. Go ahead and roll your stealth uh, check. Yeah, 16. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you feel you're pretty confident you're not making any noise as you make the rotation. Uh, you see ahead a doorway that's open, and you're able to hear... Uh, you heard a really loud growl earlier, and that growl seems to have dropped a few octaves. And if you'll give me a perception check with uh, uh, advantage... Because this particular sound, you should be able to uh, make out well. Are we both making 24. a check, or is this just... This would be for our friend who is part cat and would appreciate this uh, better than anyone. Uh, it sounds like the cat is shrinking. Huh. You heard the loud roar twice now. Uh, this sound is very small, and you can appreciate that the cat was large before. You hear this sound. You know what a domesticated cat would sound like. This is somewhere between that. You also hear somebody saying, Nice kitty. Nice kitty. Be nice to me, kitty. Don't hurt me, kitty. Okay. And what can I, what, what, what can I see? You see a partially open oh, yeah, door, yeah. and it, <laughs> you see you, you've come to the, the end of the corridor, and it makes a sharp left-hand turn. You passed one corridor, and when you look down that corridor, you see that it opens into a door. As you slip down it, you are hearing those noises just louder and louder. And as you peek into the door, you see a cat as big as a person, and the cat is keeping what looks like a human being crouched down behind it, behind a bunch of boxes that suddenly make perfect sense to you. It looks like a giant puzzle because each one of the boxes is exactly 12 feet and it has little rolling balls, if you will, evenly dividing on all sides, as if these containers that are exactly 12 feet by 12 feet by 12 feet fit perfectly in here. And whoever this person is that's hidden in here has kind of pulled the boxes around them and is hiding from the cat inside this space. Okay. Well, I think the first thing I want to do is beckon Meerkat, mm -hmm. uh, if you can see me or get him, you know, give him a little, shh, keep it down, but come here. Um... And yeah, so I I can see this giant cat, but and can tell that there's someone behind these boxes. And can I get a perception check? Uh, assuming both of you are looking in the room at this point. Yes, I'm following the lead with a 19. 20. Excellent. By looking at the metal roofing, by looking at the ceiling and seeing down, by just using the room as a set of mirrors, you're able to see that inside that space that is being blocked is a four foot, four foot, three inch tall uh, dwarf. Uh, looks like uh, average dwarf you would see walking down the street back home. 
nothing particularly stands out except this particular uh, <laughs> this particular dwarf is brandishing a rapier and has in their other hand a dagger. At the same time, the one with the dagger is trying to hold one of the boxes and the one with the rapier is trying to hold another box, keeping the boxes from sliding or moving away as if that is their not natural intent to do. Hmm. So so one of the doors is it's like holding on to these boxes it's like they're lifting it up almost? Not lifting it up. It's as if you, you really can't move these boxes outside of the rails they're on. So you have to slide them around inside the room and they're all, they're touching both roof and ceiling. You can only see uh, reflections through them at this point. Uh, they're very big and only in the gaps where they're not touching can you see anything. It was very challenging and you had to, you had to be really careful in your perceptions to be able to see that there was a dwarf hiding. The cat is very clear. The cat is the Angora Turkish cat you've been looking for. It is pristine white and beautiful. Uh, no blood on the cat whatsoever uh, that you can see. Uh, the cat is about your size. Uh, I apologize, not moon glow size, because that's huge, uh, but more, uh, you know, five footish and and fairly uh, solid in its pose. Every time one of the boxes moves, the cat changes position in hopes to get at the dwarf behind the boxes. The cat has not heard your stealthful approach. Okay, well I think at this point what I want to do is try and reason with this cat. Cat cat to cat. Um of course Raincloud remembers the cat's name. The player does not. <laughs> Lady Amathea. Lady Amathea. I'm Amathea, okay. Well the, the way Raincloud would do this is to approach purring. Um, oh yeah. With a kind of a um, and maybe uh, try to say, Lady Amethia, good kitty, hello, lovely to meet you. Who's a good girl? <laughs> the cat uh, initially uh, is surprised by your stealthy approach. Obviously, all the noise coming in this room and the noise is much louder in here. Every time one of those boxes shifts even a little bit, it seems to echo in this space. At the same time, uh, the dwarf looks like uh, you hear the dwarf as if it's trying to hold its breath. It's trying to be quiet and safe in this space. Uh, the cat, though, reacts to you at first with fright and then kind of with calm. And at the mention of her name and she kind of sizes both of you up, she walks over and she rubs against you and purrs. You notice the cat shrink. Not a full size all at once, not rapidly, but over the next minute, the cat goes back to the normal size of a domesticated Angora Turkish cat. Okay. Um, I don't know. Meerkat, you want to do the talking here? I will do the very best I can. You're a very cute kitty. <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 oh. Thank you, thank you, but I, 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 meant the, I meant the dwarf. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, you know, here's... I, I've, I've got one rather unconventional plan, but uh, I suppose, you know, if there's any chance... If there's any time for risk, now's the time. Uh, and if you are able to get away with this cat, it feels as though these dwarves are maybe keeping the cat somehow, or trying to keep it away from getting away. Uh, all things that I do not particularly care for. Uh, so... 
What if I tried to create a distraction with these dwarves here while you tried to escape with the... escape with Lady Amathea? Well, I'm not sure I can get back out of that godforsaken door. Oh, you bring up a very good point that I'd completely forgotten about. <laughs> hmm. It's, look, I will cradle this. I will cradle Lady Amethia here. I will continue stroking her behind her ear. A little, little scratch under the chin, perhaps, if she's into that. Um, just let her know that she's safe. And I shall keep her safe. Um, but I think we need, to, we need to reason with this gentleman who's hidden himself. Uh, can I get perceptions for both of you looking at the cat and being focused on the cat right now? Oh, yeah, 24. Excellent. And uh, I'm seeing I'm seeing my friend uh, Raincloud has frozen a little there. Raincloud, what did you get on your roll? I got a 15. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, in this moment, you focus in very clearly on the cat's front, front forepaw, the left front forepaw, and you see in the second place over away from its body, one of the claws has a large chunk of what looks like dwarven flesh. Uh, it's as big as their paw, and it is stuck to the claw. It doesn't take much thinking to realize that was probably relationally different just a moment ago, and it might have just been under the fingernail, but it is a large chunk of flesh that no doubt was pulled from the dwarf. All right. At this at this point, it, it it feels as though it feels as though the cat. It feels as though Lady Amethia and the dwarves are at odds somehow. I think you know you know it, it it may be as though as though we may not be able to escape immediately, but it might be to our best benefit if I'm able to distract these dwarves for a moment bef- while you you know gain some escape with this with with Lady Amethia. Okay, 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 okay. It's just me. 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 I'm just here. The cat attacked me. I ran away. I I, I got shrunk somehow. I don't know. That's not important. I got I I'm hiding from that cat. Has the cat hurt me? I'm bleeding. I've covered it up. I'm trying to protect myself from the cat. I just want you to know I'm scared of the cat. I don't want to be hurt by the cat. I don't know who you are, but please let me go. I just want to run away. I won't bother anybody. Don't let the cat hurt. Please let me go. Oh dear. Uh, can I roll an insight check? I want to take a look to like see what this like. I'm a little sus of this of this dwarf's motives. Oh sure, absolutely. You're having near- trouble seeing their face. They're still hiding behind the boxes and pulling the boxes close. Yeah, meerkats coming at this, thinking that they are that that, that the cat was being kidnapped, so that's their kind of inherent in, uh, intuition. I wrote a sixteen on insight. 16 on insight. You're pretty sure this guy is scared to death. Also, he wants to run away. He just wants to get away. Uh, you're pretty sure there's other reasons <laughs> that are in there. Uh, but it's an inside check without actually seeing their full body and face. So it's hard to discern. Uh, so it's a bit of a challenge to fully appreciate. All right, my friend, do you know how to get out of here? Yeah, you, you run back up all those stupid ramps, you get to the front door, and you run the hell out of there. Uh, when I came in, I was very small, so I slid under the door, and I, I don't know. I'll figure, I'll figure something out, but just don't let the cat kill me. If I just get out of this room... Oh, wait. Are those are those dragons still around? Are those dragons still around? Dragons? There is, there is one corridor we didn't check. I presume they're down that one, if they're anywhere. Okay. Uh-oh. All right, look, I, I'll, I'll level with you. 
I did some stupid things tonight I shouldn't have done, but all I want to do is get out of this freaking town and get as far from here as I possibly can. And I think you you two can probably appreciate that I don't want to be here and I don't want to cause anybody any harm. And look, look, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it here. Uh, he pushes one of the little carts away from him and holds his hand out, obviously having sheathed the rapier, and his right hand is holding out uh, a vial. Um, both mm. of you recognize it as one of the potions that was missing and no doubt the longevity potion that was referenced earlier. I shouldn't have stolen it. I get it. I, it's a dumb thing to do. I, I Just take it. That's all I took. I don't know nothing else. I don't know nothing else. I don't, I'm not going to report nothing to nobody. I just need to get the hell out of here. Yes, taking potions from others is very bad. And uh, Meerkat's gonna grab the potion and put it in his little set. It's put it in like it's he's got like an inner pocket in his vest. Okay, who sent you? I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. Okay. I can't tell well, you. Then we I don't want to die. I don't want to these... die. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to die. We can't save you from these dragons if you won't if you won't tell us more information because we can just leave you here with them. We can lock you in. You, you of all people would threaten me. I admitted what I did. I did what I did like you do what you do. We do our thing and then we do our thing and then we go away and the job's done and that's how it works. You know how this works. We are here. We are here against our will. We were compelled to come here. Were you compelled? My entire family will be wiped out if I say any more. Do you understand? I don't know what other kind of compelling there is. They told me there'd be a reward. They told me all these nice things and then they threatened me. And he threatened me. And when he threatened me, I was scared because he's a scary guy. You know what I'm saying? Koisin is – he's untamed. He's – oh, I said too much. Koisin. Well, that sounds like enough information to get your whole family killed already, so you may as well tell us the rest. We were sent here to do a job, a little infiltration, a little knowledge gathering. We followed the sheriff. We figured out the process, how he goes out of town, how he comes into town. We found the town. You can't remember this town. You go away from this town, you forget this town. So we knew we had to do it all in one day. Luckily, Quayson takes good notes. He takes good notes, but then the notes got corrupted over time. You look at the notes. Two days later, the notes don't make any sense to you. I don't understand this place. I'm scared, and I've got to tell you, rogue to rogue, this isn't right. I told you the truth. I gave you back what I found. There's a there's an agreement, right? No harm, no Honor amongst thieves. That's right. You understand? I mean, you, you seem like the, a reasonable sort. Um, what about your companion? What about him? He ran down the other uh, hole. Oh, Good riddance, I, I say. say. Hopefully those dragons killed him. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, hopefully, hopefully everything went well for him and he's doing fine wherever he is. I just want to go. He works for Coison then, does he? Oh, no, he is Coison. I can't tell you who he worked for. Are you crazy? Okay. You have no idea where you are, do you? No, please please enlighten us. I mean, can you tell us? We we, we are stumped. The greatest artificer who ever lived? Creator of all the greatest magic items? And then the vault. You're standing in her vault. You don't recognize a vault when you see one? Do you know what's inside this box? If I could open this box, I would never have to work another day in my life. My children would never. My grandchildren would live in a palace. I got to get out of here. I thought it would be a good gig. I thought it would be simple. I thought we come in, we do the job, we get the information, we get out, everybody goes home. That's all I know. That's all I want to know at this point. If I can live, if my kids get food and live 
for the rest of their natural lives? Oh, Lord, I think I'm changing professions. Maybe I should be a, a butcher, maybe a candlestick maker, anything but this. Listen, listen, look at me. I don't want to die. I'm bleeding here. Just let me go. What's the harm? You got the cat. You got my flesh. You got the potion. Whatever you came looking for, the deal's done, right? Right? Uh, do Can I do an insight check? See if I think he's lying? Absolutely. Oh, that's a uh, 15. You do not perceive that he is like he is scared. He wants out and he took a regrettable job. Those are the things he said, and they are consistent with what he's putting off emotion. Meerkat, we've all been there. We've all taken the wrong job. We've all been up against it. I say we perhaps try to escape together. Yeah, I see no reason to to, to, to fault this to fault this man for, for the choices that they've made. I let's get out of here. I need what, perceptions. From both Nine. of you, individual. Excellent. Nine. 17. And then I need initiatives. Oh, boy. Meerkat, you're not surprised by what happens next. Uh, Rain Cloud, you are. Uh, yeah, 19 uh, perception, 18 initiative. 18 initiative, thank you. 26 initiative. You were, you were surprised, but you were, uh, you're at the top of the list. <laughs> they don't call it cat-like readiness for nothing. It's like when you surprise a real cat and they just involuntarily bounce 10 feet into the air. Uh, your perceptions both detect that somebody uh, is coming around the corner down the hall toward y'all. And then you hear behind them two, what can only be described as large, scraping sound creatures. Um, you're guessing on your relatively high perceptions that they are clawing into this metal to move. And so it's making this hideous uh, fingers on chalkboard sound. A quick question about our surroundings again. Um, so these corridors just have enough space for these kind of metal crates and the ball bearings that they roll on. But the room we're in, what are the dimensions of that? Oh, uh, that's a great question. And I apologize for not making that clear. Uh, 13 feet by five. And those boxes, as soon as the dwarf lets go of one, it finds its position in the room. It kind of, uh, you're guessing some sort of force, probably magnetic, uh, moves it to a position in the room where it is 13 feet from all the other ones, as if it's leaving space for those things to slide into. Wait, so there's enough room on each wall for 10 what? Oh yes, there's there's room for more. They find the middle space, and there's room for five total. Uh, each one goes to a place, specifically one against each wall, midway between each wall's uh, area. Okay, sorry so if each, that's not making sense. Each wall would be thirty nine feet in length. Uh, it'd be five times that, so it'd be oh. sixty five feet. Okay. And then in the middle is one of these crates. And as soon as he lets go, it just kind of, it doesn't move fast. It's not going to hurt anybody, but it slides into its position on the far wall. At okay. the same time, that's when, that's when you see this really challenging looking orc step into the room. He's about five, five foot six, but he looks all weapons. He looks like a very <laughs> violent terribly dangerous humanoid civilized orc uh and he seems to be um wielding um a rapier and a dagger as well 
Rogoff. Oh, dear. <laughs> this is going to get insufferable. The amount of the amount of quipping and tomfoolery. Brace yourself. All right. Uh, first, uh, first thing the rogue does, uh, and at this point you're guessing it's Koisin. As soon as Koisin makes the turn and sees the room, kind of assesses the room, you hear the lizards coming behind him, but they seem to be fairly far back from the sound of it. And he makes an immediate attack with his dagger, throwing his dagger at the other uh, rogue, the dwarven rogue. It is a hit, and it does... Uh, what is his damage with that? Oh, yeah. Sneak attack. Yep. Yep. Oh, well, there you go. Oof. Uh, piercing the dwarf in the neck with a critical... It does look like the, the hill dwarf rogue that you were talking with was hit in the throat by the first dagger he threw. It catches him square just inside uh, the artery, and it, it sticks. It doesn't tear the windpipe. It doesn't tear the artery, it looks like, but it's doing a significant amount of damage, and you both recognize that if he moves, it may cut the artery and quickly end his life. Ah! It's very violent, very hideous. It's terrible. Oh, so much at once. Uh, that would be his turn. Uh, I believe we're skipping um, on this first town, first round rain cloud. So next up is Meerkat. Uh, does 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 this uh, the hill dwarf that was just hit? Does he look particularly like injured? Like, does how bad does he look? Uh, he's gonna die. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast healing word on him then. In which case, like. My friend, please, please don't die yet. Well, there's so much we don't know. <laughs> and I, I, I just need, I, I need to know. Um, and I'm going to heal him for all right, well, five health. Five hit points. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's my action. And this doesn't stop bleeding, right? Uh, no, it does not stop bleeding. Okay, perfect. Uh, uh, he does fall to the ground. He is trying to uh, pull the dagger out of his throat. He feels the, the healing spell that you cast, and he's rethinking pulling the dagger out, but he seems to be incapacitated in this moment, like he's not taking an action even though he might have been able to. Excellent. All right, and then, yeah, that's my turn because I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stay put with our little group at the moment. You have bonus action if you choose to... Yeah... <sighs> Yeah, I, there's, you know what? There's nothing I can really do at this point. They're kind of on the other end, and I don't want to move too far from where everyone is here because I don't want this Hildorf to die. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold steady. Use my movement and bonus action to not use my movement or bonus action. Uh, the left hand of the orc reaches down to draw another dagger. There's a series of them on their belts. Uh, the rapier, all on the other hand, moves very quickly and rapidly, uh, engaging Rain Cloud. Oh shoot! Wait, can I have used my bonus action to give Rain Cloud Bardic Inspiration? Yes, and it's not too late to do that. Yeah. So go ahead and take Bardic. Watch out! He's drawing a rapier for you. He rolled another natural twenty. Oh come on! <laughs> I was surprised as well. 
and then rolls. Hey, uh, you're contagious. That's all I'm saying there, Raincloud. <laughs> uh, seven points of damage with the rapier. Um, not as quick on the draw with the dagger, so it doesn't get the the other swing with the dagger in time. Okay, I could deal with seven points of damage. Uh, you were very lucky. Uh, it is your turn. Oh, great. Um, I guess I don't have a sneak attack opportunity on this guy, do I? You could move five feet, basically moving over to where the crate is and pinning them uh, kind of with their back to the door. It would f- it would force potentially them to make an adjustment and giving you advantage. Okay, well... It will uh, put you at risk to... next round. Um, it will isolate well, you I'm willing to... your party. I'm willing to take that risk. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not provoking an opportunity attack here or anything, am I? No, only if you tried to move away from him. Okay, so I'm just circling him and, yeah, pinning him. Okay. Yeah, his focus um, still I'm... seems to be on the the rogue dwarf. Okay. Do I have advantage on this attack? You will have advantage if you move into that position, but it will yeah. separate you from the rest of the party. Yes. I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. So that's a twenty to hit. Ooh, that hits. Um, D8, 2 plus 4 is 6, and then 2D6 sneak attack. 6 and 3, 9. 9 damage. 9 damage. Okay. Is there anything else I want to do? I don't think so. Um, yeah, actually, um, I will disengage with my bonus action and um, just get outside, get out of his 5-foot his reach. Okay, so are you moving back into the room or are you moving in the hallway? If you can imagine, he had stepped into this room. Yeah. It's a fairly big room. And you basically snuck behind him as he's facing the dwarf mm-hmm. and took advantage of that. If you disengage, my question is, are you disengaging out the door or are you disengaging back into the room? Um, at the door. Uh, out the door. Excellent. Yeah, and in fact, in fact, I can use my fancy footwork for that. And then I'll use my hide action to hide behind the door as a bonus action. Okay, you get out into that corridor and you hide. Uh, as soon as you do, you notice two creatures. Uh, one on the left wall, one on the right, about midway up the 13-foot walls, uh, clawing their way. Uh, although their claws seem to penetrate the steel, they don't seem to leave any marks. Uh, they are a large kind of... Uh, they, they look the shape of a giant lizard. They also seem to have characteristics of drakes, like dragon-esque, but they're not like fully formed or not that large. Okay. Starting to regret that decision. <laughs> Let's see how well you hid. Can you, can you give me a stealth or a, a stealth roll to kind of show yeah. me how well you did that? The timing um, here is critical, but... If I want to add my bardic inspiration to this, do I do it before or after the roll? You, you, you may roll it after as you like. Uh, well, I got a 3 plus 8 is 11, so I will add it now. And that's another 3, so 14. Okay, 14. So you, yeah. Okay, I think we're we're on the same sheet of music. I'm going to need a perception roll for you. You're the only one who sees these two as they make the turn. 8. 8, excellent. Uh, you see that they're both wearing collars. Other than that, you are too scared to really <laughs> appreciate anything beyond that. Um, let's see the, the dwarf on the ground is still incapacitated, but he's yelling, he's yelling at the guy 
Coison, Coison, it's okay. Just just kill them and let's get the hell out of here. We don't have to do nothing. We don't have to do... Just let's go. Let's go. We got to get out of this place. What? No, no I, I saved you. Play along. Play along. Oh, good gosh. Oh, yes, man. and. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're pretty sure he's only worried about himself at this point. You're not thinking he's caring about you. He doesn't care if you live or die. He doesn't care if Coison lives or dies. He just wants to get out of here. Oh, gosh. You're lucky I'm empathetic. Oh. <laughs> All right. And what would you like to do on your turn? Because the dwarf is just yelling and, and holding the dagger in his throat. And he's, he's basically saying, don't kill me, kill them. Oh, it's my turn now? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I'd like to try to cast sleep at the at Coison then. Oh, okay. Um, Perfect. Hold on, let me get five d eight. For those for those paying attention at home, I roll five d eight, and the total is how many hit points of creatures the spell can affect. And if I uh, surpass their hit points, then they are asleep for one minute unless someone attacks or disturbs them. So let me just quickly do some math. That is a seven plus four, eleven plus one is. Uh, 12, plus 1 is 13, plus 2 is 15. Wow, I am rolling poorly today. So, 15 to try to get this, uh, to try to put Coison to sleep. Uh, Rain Cloud, how many, how many hit points do you currently have? Do you have more uh, than 15? Yeah, 20. Okay, you do not fall asleep, nor does the, uh, nor does the half-orc that just crashed into the room, uh, attacking everyone. Excellent. I feel like rain cloud should be at disadvantage when it comes to sleep spell, but I'm oh, that's fair. Not totally, totally fair. I apologize. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, first, second. Um, the half orc closes on this rogue who's incapacitated on the ground and stabs at him with the rapier, completely ignoring you, meerkat. And when he does, he then reaches down with his dagger and stabs this completely incapacitated dwarf through the heart. <laughs> killing him instantly. Uh, all right. That, that's not good. And he looks up and he makes eye contact with you. And he says, not good for you. Not, not good for me. He says that as he slowly withdraws the dagger from the heart of the dwarf he came in here with. Oofy doofy. And puts his eyes on the cat. So last, at last count, I was cradling the cat. Oh, uh, I apologize. I, think, I thought the cat was no, your cat. My mistake. I think it's reasonable to assume he might have jumped out of my arms. No, no, no. But, but that, no was, that, was, okay, that was completely okay. on me. For some reason, I thought he was in Meerkat's arms. So totally, totally fair. You are hiding with the cat. That'll add a little <laughs> intrigue. Makes eye contact with you and points the dagger at your throat. The, he's coming for you this time, Meerkat. Uh, that is the end of his turn. Go ahead. No, thank you. Don't kill me. <laughs> oh, no. That's my humble request. Have some dignity, man. <laughs> uh, I believe in the... Yes. Uh, at this point, the cat jumps out of your arms, having a much higher initiative than yours, and having choosing not to act to this point. Uh, the lady jumps out of your arms, 
runs down between the two lizards as if playing with two old friends, bats at one, then the other, and then takes off down the hallway. The lizards follow. Hmm. You, now they don't run off immediately, but they're obviously their attention is to follow the cat. You are up. It is your turn to act. You just witnessed into the room inside as you hid outside the door down the hallway. Uh, you heard the dwarf being killed. Okay. Well, I lock Meerkat in with the half orc. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have. I told you I've got your back. Uh, so um, yeah, I want to um, sneak up on this guy and uh, having verified his cold-blooded murder, Ryan Raincloud will reluctantly try and do the same to him. He's not a he's a lover, not a fighter, but the chips are down. His buddy's been cornered by this. Honestly, better at being a rogue rogue than me by the looks of things. Um. So, yeah, and I will. Um, yeah, I'll also draw my dagger in my offhand. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'll roll up my attack with the first one. It's a twenty-five to hit. You definitely have uh, full capability to do a sneak attack on this. Cool. Uh, yeah, twenty-five to hit. So, um, uh. D8 plus 4 and 2d6. Okay, that's better. 11, 14, plus 4, 18 damage. 18 damage. You catch the half-orc kind of focused on Meerkat, and when you do, you do a significant amount of damage. You caught him off guard, you caught him in the back of the rib, and uh, definitely injured him significantly. And then my dagger attack, my other hand. Oh, that's just an 8. That's not going to do it, is it? No. He's a... a little higher than that his ac is yeah 14 um and then i will use my um i will yeah use my rakish audacity to just find a better position where i'm not within swinging range of him and i've got an eye on the door when the dragons are coming in um but we're still we're still kind of either we're still flanking this guy the two of us you are very yes 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 uh, that is really good to know. Thank you for reminding me that. Okay, so you did that. He drops down. He looks back at you. He sees you kind of move out of position. He's going to close on you for sure. But Meerkat, you get to go before he does that. He's definitely taken his eyes off of you to focus on the rogue, the swashbuckler who snuck up behind him and stabbed him twice or attempted twice. And this is the orc. This is the orc with all the brandished weapons that is coming after us. That's correct. You want to heal him? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I want to heal him. Hey, orc! You know, I, I, you know, I have nothing to say to you, but I think I have a dear friend who does. And uh, tuna on my shoulder is just gonna yeah. Yes, you orc. Uh, uh, in my town we have a saying, and it is a uh, hey orc, you ain't shit. <laughs> and Tuna is going to cast Dissonant Whispers on this orc. Uh, they need to make a wisdom saving throw. On a fail, they take 3d6 psychic damage and immediately use their reaction to move as far away from us as possible. On a success, they take half that damage. Okay. Let me just roll my damage dice real fast while you roll their save. <gasps> well, not great. And I, saw, um, I apologize. What's the save based on? Wisdom. Thank you. Oh, against against my spell save DC, which is fourteen. Uh, 
Right, I have no bonus to this, so I failed that save. So I do what now? Beautiful. They take 11 damage, and they have to use their reaction to run as far away from us as possible. Which, while we're flanking them, I don't know what that is. It's up to you. Uh, he makes a different decision. He reaches into his mouth and pushes on one of his teeth and <gasps> perishes before your very eyes Drama. as he poisons himself. Falling to the ground next to the dwarf, he stabbed through the heart, leaving his dagger and his rapier by his side. Tuna, that was very nice job. <laughs> I, remind me to never get on the wrong side of your puppet. Yeah, Tuna's, <laughs> Tuna's very fun, but very fierce in battle. Yes, never f*** with me. I, I never shall. That was so gruesome, but kind of cool. I wonder, should I get one of those capsules? I don't Maybe I'll just pretend I have one. Both of you roll perception, please. You may work together on this. You want to help me? I've got yeah, pretty good perception. I'll help you. I'll help you. Okay. I've, so I, it'll be an 18 or... Yeah, an 18. Okay. You see one of the two lizard creatures on the ground come into the room and look at the two of you. And as you do, you see the collar that it is wearing. You have seen this lettering before. It's in Draconic. And the letters look like one of the food bowls that you saw. Your brains immediately go back to the song you know so well. And you recognize that this animal has that name. It looks like its name is Phi. Uh-oh. It is closing on both of you. And, the, and uh, Lady Amethia is still running away from us down the hall, correct? Uh, yes. I think Raincloud would describe it as playing with the other creature as opposed to running away. Okay. Might be time for another rousing chorus of that song. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> Which I'm sure you remember word for word. I I remember all of I remember all of it. I mean there are there are different versions, different verses. Oh, yes, in each town that cool bridge. They've got its own little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bridge, which of course I remember, and will happily <laughs> sing for us now. For this was mm. uh, for this was the dragon uh, fee. Or Fi. It was. It was for this one. This one's name is Fi. Yes. Yes. It was absolutely Fi. And as we all know, uh, Fi the dragon heeds its path, for it does not doth know where Fi goes. It does not see others, and where they shall go. Uh, and you know, it's a song about how Fi does not know where people running away from it are going to travel. Uh, Phi, in response to the first time you said its name, sits down, kind of on its back legs and squishes itself comfy and stays on the forepaws for a moment and then puts its head down and looks at you as if you had said some magic word that convinced it you must be a friend. Are we still in combat, by the way? No. Okay. It is not making any move towards combat with you. All right. Uh, I'm going to cast Mage Hand and uh, <laughs> use Tuna to walk over to Phi uh, and just go, 
Oh, hello. This is me. I am Tuna. Do you uh, do you speak? It's 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 very nice to meet you. It's you know, and, and he's gonna tip his cap towards Fi. Uh, the the creature kind of looks at Fi and then looks at you like, really? Okay. And then it looks back at uh, the little puppet and sticks a paw out and kind of just just gently touches the puppet, like to say, yeah, hello. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuna's gonna kind of like, touch the puppet back and just say, okay, um, yeah, we are looking to, uh, get out of here. We are looking to uh, rescue the Lady Amethia. I do not know if you know the Lady Amethia. She is very fun. She's very friendly. Um, the creature, the creature starts snoring. It appears to have fallen asleep. Oh, poor little baby. And, uh, you know, you know, pet it a little bit, just kind of like, oh, you're so very sweet. That's so nice to see you sleeping. <laughs> Uh, while Meerkat is, like, looking at, uh, looking at Rain Cloud, like, Go! Yeah, 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 go, go, go get the cat! Rain Cloud is doing, like, a comedy tiptoe out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vaudeville style. Uh, both of you are easily able to exit the room. It appears that, uh, this creature is exhausted. It's obviously been dealing with things and does look like it's damaged in some way as well. When you get behind it, you notice uh, it looks like it's been pierced a couple of times with a dagger and a rapier. Oh, no, oh, wait. That's well, where we're leaving. Then can I, can I, uh, can I, um, healing word this dragon, this drake? Of course. All right. I'm going to, um, but I'm going to try to do it through tuna. And be like, oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, here okay. you go, my friend. You know, it's it's hard to be it's hard to be just so active all the time. So here you go. <laughs> I'm going to try to make you feel better, and I heal him for a seven. Oh, uh, he, the creature wakes up, uh, looks at Tuna, and kind of moves over closer to Tuna and coils around Tuna as if it was a little uh, stuffed animal. It was pulling to it and and, and cuddling with. Oh, you're so very cute. Oh, this is so fun. Oh, I, I'm glad you're feeling better. This is so great. But, you know, you can keep sleeping if you would like. Oh, uh, the creature goes back to sleep. All right. And then he's going to mage hand Tuna kind of back to him as they're sneaking away. <laughs> okay. You successfully get out the door. Do you? Yes. Uh, before before I leave, I want to do two things. Um, I want to try and uh, see if either the two... Two deceased have any sort of uh, dog tags or any sort of identification on them uh, that their families might want. I'm also going to see if um, they've got nicer weapons than me, uh, rapier and, and daggers and the like, or anything they, else that I might I might want. They have uh, they both have leather armor on, and they both have rapiers and daggers, multiple of both, both a short bow. I can't speak. Short bow and twenty arrows each, as well as thieves' tools. And I'm seeing if anyone... Oh! Oh, yes! Yes, there is. There is also a set of fine clothes carried by the half-orc you cannot fit in. Just so yeah. you know. Naturally. They won't fit you. Yeah. There is a banner of a noble house and a writ of service from that noble house. What I need you to do, either one of you or both of you, is to roll a perception. You also find a purse... Uh, with quite a bit of gold. Hmm. 70, 75 gold on each of them. Okay. All right. Meerkat definitely it takes a look at the 15 with a 15 perception, does not notice the gold. 
Okay. Okay. I, I, I got a 19. I'll toss you one of the bags of gold. Uh, um, it, you don't believe the authenticity of the writ. Okay. I'll take it anyway. Yeah. Um, and I will grab um, the two nicest daggers as well, because you can never have okay. too many. <laughs> you collect. Yes, I, my theory as well when playing a rogue. Can't have too many of those things. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, you do. You collect... Uh, all those, all those trinkets, and you're ready to go. Uh, that being said, you hear the scraping and clawing sounds, and you hear the cat meowing as if a playful cat uh, jumping around and batting around. The hallway uh, that you didn't go down branches away, and you can definitely hear the sounds emanating from there. Okay, well, it's, it seems to me that these uh, these are playmates. Um, I still think we need to return this this cat, but um, I, I mean, we should be cautious. But I don't think we have too much to worry about. If, it's just, if you can just sing to that second dragon again, that or Drake or whatever it is, I think we're I think we're in good shape. You both hear a distinct sound from outside the chamber that seems to resonate in here. It's the chimes, five chimes, and then. That half abrupt chime that ends so radically. Yes, I, I I do feel as if there may be you know maybe the sooner we can return Lady Amethia to her throne, the better. So maybe if we can we can grab we can grab her now, return her to her home where she you know where she dwells, and try to get her back, and then maybe we can have a discussion with Maria, uh, or maybe you can have a discussion with Maria, maybe one on one, maybe with a maybe with a cup of cider about you know some of the habits of Lady Amethia's uh, you know time duels. Okay, I mean I should remind you that I, she two or three times explicitly stated that she liked you. I don't know if you picked up on that, but... Oh, I figured that was more of like a business professional thing. Okay, okay. But you okay, know, well, who's to say? Who's to say? Maybe we shall find out. You know, yeah, we'll make her choose when we get back to the house. Uh, well, I want to be clear. Are you making the move to go down the other hallway to go get the cat? Yeah. Excellent. Yes, let's uh, go down it, the hallway to get the other cat. It doesn't take you long to realize... That the containers you were probably looking at weren't as valuable as whatever's down this hall. Uh, Coison must have set off every single trap down this hall, and it is tedious to get around and get through. It's not uh, challenging because all the traps have been, you know, they haven't reset, if you will. Uh, But you have to work your way around quite a few things that had you run down this hall, you'd be surprised if you were alive, which would explain why uh, he was so easy to incapacitate. He may have been actually running uh, after being significantly injured. Uh, You get down this hallway and you see that the door is open. Somehow he was able to get into this room. And this chamber is amazing. It is it is. Uh, unlike the last room you were in, this would be considered like a clean room. Uh, short of the fact that there is a cat and a giant lizard in here, and the hallway past it continues on with other traps and secrets, this can only be described as the room that an artificer would keep all the things they've ever made, all the magical items, all the magical weapons, all the magical armor, all the potions, all the books, all the things that have been accumulated over what can only be guessed at a thousand years of creation exist in this vault 
in this treasure room. There's no throne. There's no place to sit and stare at it. There's no place to look at it as if you're some sort of uh, person who wants to take take in all that they had made. Instead, it is all organized and filed in much the same way that all the potions were in the other room. And playing amongst it is a giant six-foot lizard that looks almost like an alligator, only with drake forms, and a cat, being as playful as you can imagine. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and try and win win the cat back over. Um, Excellent. Maybe, maybe well, this is fee then, is it? It's a fair guess. Would you like to roll okay. a perception, see if you can uh, see the collar as it's playing? I'm just gonna I presume it's fee. Fair enough. I'm, I'm like fee, old chap. How it do you responds do? immediately to to your words uh, when you call its name. It sits much like the other Drake did. Uh, it puts its back hindquarters down. It puts its four paws facing you, and it doesn't tilt its head. It stares square at you. Hmm. Good, good, good boy. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be just taking our little here, kitty, here, kitty, lady, lady. The 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 Drake lifts one back leg, indicating. Uh, and pointing with its forepaw that it has no male equipment. Oh, I'm not, I, I was, I was, I was addressing the cat. Oh, yes. It it goes back into its sitting position. I also said good boy though, didn't I? To the okay. Here, lady. Here, lady. Come. Uh, at the sound of her name, she comes over to you and she kind of looks at you, and then she has this moment where she's like, "Oh, I remember you." Hmm. And then starts doing that thing that cats love to do, which is wind between your legs, rubbing up occasionally against you. Cool. Okay. I'm going to try and I want to, you know, engage her and maybe try and get her up kind of on top of my shoulders kind of style. Are you wearing armor? Um, Yeah. Studded leather armor. She jumps, avoiding the studs, using the leather to claw into and crawls up onto your chest and then onto your neck. Oh. Wow, Not nice. going around your neck as you would like, but more curled up on one side, much the way Tuna often sits on your friend Meerkat. Okay, let's maybe just very calmly leave. As you start to back up, uh, Fee comes with you. <laughs> okay. <gasps> no need, you can remain where you are. Very cute. Well, if you'd like to come with us, you're more than welcome. Uh... You know, we do we do have to return Lady Amethia to her rightful resting place, but you know that you know that it feels like that would be fine with you, isn't that right? And Meerkat's gonna kind of like scratch the top of Fee's head, <laughs> and sure enough, uh, the creature does follow uh, at a safe distance and moving slowly, kind of walking behind you, just like you would expect a dog to to trail behind, doing exactly as as expected in this case. I think Meerkat's talking to Fee the entire time, like, all right, and then, then there's, and then, uh, you know, Rainclad and Maria were talking, and it just felt like there was this spark between the two of them, which was I didn't. Which was just very, you know, <laughs> I didn't feel it. And just, and this conversation this continues this. as you wind up all the down ramps, now going up the ramps. You get to the door that is still locked, and as you approach the door, the cat reaches out a paw and presses on one of the plates, thinking you must be walking up to it intentionally, and just puts its paw on the plate, holding it there. And sure enough, the door starts to unlock, only this time it doesn't make any noise. And it does it very, very rapidly. And within well, that's seconds, a relief. 
the door is open, and you hear a little voice say, 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8 seconds. Run! Fee, come on! (laughs) The door starts to close, and as soon as you are out, the door completely closes, leaving Fee and Fi inside. And as the door closes, it makes... It makes no sound except for the sound of the countdown that you can't hear outside. You could only hear inside. Goodbye, Fee! Toodaloo. It's uh, mere moments before six o'clock. The sky has not changed color yet, but it does seem to be as cold as it's going to get for the evening. The snow has started to dissipate and lights are coming on all over the town, as if the day is starting to begin for many of them. All right, let's run to Maria's now. Uh, you know, it's it's getting cold. Maybe she could give us more of that tea. Uh, as you do, give me a perception roll. 18. 18. Oh, 20. Excellent. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, the stable boy is moving around the stables. It looks like he's doing all the normal actions to feed and water and take care of the animals that are stabled there. Uh, you see that there are fresh pastries set at the door in front of you. And you see that there are pastries on many of the doorsteps around the town. Uh, you see the baker walking into their uh, bakery, looking over at you, seeing the cat and waving at you with this nice little uh, up and down hand gesture, smiling and then paying you no mind as she steps inside her abode. Hello! <laughs> Hello to you. Very deep voice dwarf says as she goes inside. And then uh, the door behind you opens as the cat pushes up against it after jumping off of rain cloud. Well, let's go let Maria know that we've 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 accomplished our task. Let's let them know that that uh, Lady Amethia is back safe and sound. And, you know, let's see if we can if we can. You know, let me maybe get you through some time alone. Uh, at three minutes later, after making a lot of noise, knocking on the door, calling your name, nothing happens. Three minutes later, you hear the six o'clock chime. It seems to be louder, as if it is a resounding wake-up call to all in the town. And at that moment, you hear movement inside the room as the door opens at precisely 6.01. And there Maria stands well-dressed, well-groomed, with a smile on her face as the lady jumps into her arms and she pets her. She looks at the two of you and she places the cat down and the cat runs into the other room where the bedclothes are set nice and neat. And the room, as sparse as it was of material, looks even cleaner and more pristine. She closes the door behind the cat and you may both roll perception. Uh, 14. 16. 14 and 16. You both see an image of the cat as it changes form, first into a unicorn and as the door closes, to a beautiful maid. Dark, long hair, a shining, bright face. As she makes eye contact with both of you, she stands nude before you and the door closes. All right, rank... Raincloud, you might not have a chance with this one. <laughs> yes, I, that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> well, before uh, we go, do you want to go? You know what? You want to go hit up that that you know the, the the hot horseman and see what he's up to. At that, Maria looks at you. 
and she is very direct and comes right to you, getting about three inches from your face. He is mine. Do you understand this? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know. I, we were too far away. Until I... this moment, I liked you. But now you sit. You sit. You both sit. You both have tea, yes? Both have tea. You have tea. Sure. You have okay. done an amazing job. You have done an amazing job. I am proud. I am proud. I, I will write letters to fire-breathing kitten guilt old man manager and let him know you have done a good job. Yes? Yes. Oh, you smile more. Smile. Yes, thank you kindly. Yeah, no, we're big into smiling here. Yeah, isn't that Men tell me smile more. I want to slap face. Come yes, break up. Smile a little bit. Smile. Come on. Uh, break. Yes, I'm. I've you got don't it. have to smile. That was joke. Okay, you because I've got a cat face. Joke. It can be misconstrued. Yes, no, and we knew it was a joke too. Yeah, no, it's not right. It's not right, right? <laughs> Come on, break up. Just say it was. You knew it was a joke. I stop. You're you're cramping my style. While I make tea, you tell me what happened, yes? I not look at you, I make the tea. You tell me exactly what happened, leave no detail out. You have exactly one minute. Oh, beautiful. Well, <laughs> I'm very good at keeping things concise, as you, as you must clearly be able to tell. It was a fine snowy evening as we walked through the town. Uh, we oh, ran into a, a colleague of yours, as I'm sure you know, uh, the name of Hori. Uh, she led us to a to a wonderful little shed. We we managed to make our way in. Don't ask us how, because obviously you went to my shed. Oh, we went to a shed. We can't say for sure whether or not it was your shed or not. It was just, you know, it was a shed that we heard a dastardly call from. So, of course, we had to go investigate. Uh, after all, after all, we were just acting under the concern of Lady Anthea. She, without looking back at you, she tells you if you've been in shed, empty pockets, put everything on the table. She, again, she doesn't turn around. She continues to make the tea. Oh, right. And you may continue. Of yeah. course, we'll we'll empty our pockets here. And uh, I, Meerkat is emptying his pockets as he can kind of continues here. You know, we traveled down throughout the, the, the tunnels of this shed, you know, whether it's yours or not. Fantastic architecture inside. Uh, it seems as though there was some dastardly thief that was trying to take some of the belongings within. So, of course, we made good work of them. We ran into a couple, uh, a couple Drake along the way. Some very lovely Drake, as I should say say some very kind very forgiving and very lovely drake uh and and we found the lady anthea who just who just seemed to be desperate to come home you know it, it's almost as if through their eyes they were saying maria we would love to be back at home and and we we made our way back she turns around with the tea made uh, there are three cups she sets on the table after putting the tea down, uh, little saucers with little cookies, uh, each one placed in front of where you were sitting before, and she offers you the opportunity to drink. This time, she is drinking the same thing you are as she pours the tea for each of you, letting you finish your story, asking inquisitively about the creatures that you encountered down there, and then wondering uh, what became of the two creatures that, uh, <laughs> that broke into her home. You also notice that everything on the floor is cleaned up. There are no missing vials or broken things, save for if you... Put the longevity potion in your pocket still or on the table, Meerkat? Uh, a longevity potion on the table. Definitely not in the Excellent. pocket. 
Excellent. Uh, before she serves the tea, she then gets up, picks up the longevity potion and puts it back where it goes. And you all see that all the potions kind of move back. There are still missing places for the ones that were destroyed or taken or drunk, but there's no mess on the floor and everything is where it should be. You also notice the stack of papers on both sides uh, are kind of neat and in position. And the stack is lower on one side than it was before for the things to be read. I am very happy with what you have done for me. And this I give you gift, yes? Drink your tea, drink your tea. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that the last one was just fantastic. So let me, yeah, let me just grab some. Ooh. Can I get a six-sided roll from each of you? No bonuses or uh, adjustments. Oh, beautiful. Oh, I, I absolutely sent some time in this one. Yeah. Oh, good lord. You are a very crafted, uh, crafted maker of tea, six. Uh, you may permanently increase your intelligence to plus two from what it started at the beginning of adventure, and Raincloud, you get to increase it permanently to plus one. Wow. Cool. And this, this is the base rating, right? Not the modifier? That is correct. The modifier is worn off. Cool. I'm at zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the previous... Uh, Potion that it affected you has has worn yep, off. Yep. So it's, as it yeah. is now past six o'clock, this potion has worn off. The colors that are is... now dimmed in the eyes of Meerkat. But <laughs> somehow, drinking this new vial of tea, it feels as though something inside has changed ever so slightly. Perhaps an intuition. Who's to say? <laughs> I have to say. I mean, it was delicious. I feel almost exactly the same. I'm still on. I'm still on a minus one. I'm, you know, one step closer to, to zero. Uh, well, but it is permanent, fun. so that's the upside. Um, the other thing that happens is, did the writ and the banner get put on the table? Did you bring that or take that out of the chamber? Yeah. So, okay, Rainfly, while she was curious, while she was making the tea, he took out, you know, the writ, the new daggers, uh, the banner, a lot of gold pieces. And then a thousand ball bearings, ten feet of string, a bell, candles, a crowbar, hammer, pythons, a hooded lantern, two oil flasks, five days of rations, a tinderbox, a water skin, a hemp and rope, traveler's clothes, a steel mirror, a grappling hook, caltrops, a net, and a set of playing cards. And he's uh -huh. just like, he's like, do I put this back now? I. You may put all back. Uh, the writ, <sighs> though. And she picks up the writ and examines it, and she looks at the banner, and she says, this is fake. This is false start. Did you kill these rogues who slept into my home? Well, we were engaged in combat. One killed the other, turned on him. And then when, when I had that gentleman, uh, the, there was a half-orc and a dwarf. The half-orc killed the dwarf. And when I, was, I had the, the half-orc pinned, he bit into something, that, that, a suicide pill. This is bad news for me, but good for you. You are both okay? Is anyone injured? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. I, yes. mean, I, I took a couple of scrapes, but I can literally lick my wounds. I'll be fine. Very good. And you, Meerkat, who I like now again. Yes, we're feeling absolutely fine. You know, some of the Drake down there took a little bit of a little bit of a tumble, but by the end, you know, we were able to heal them up. So, you know, we're all quite good. Oh, you healed Drakes, yes, Fi and Fi? Oh, I did not know you spoke Draconic. You speak Draconic? Oh, absolutely not. No, but you... How did... Why, they no kill you. Oh, they, they seemed very pleasant. You know, I you know I talked to them. They kind of, they, you know, made vague oh, gestures. Oh, you spoke. Oh. The universal language of music saves the day. 
Oh, you sang to them. This explains everything. Yes. Oh, uh, you know, I sang a, a little ditty just from, you know, just a song or two that I've picked up across the years. I am most impressed with you. I, I think at first with uh, no mocha, no pidge, uh, this not good for us. Yeah. But I look now and I think uh, Sheriff Wafted, he come back very soon and he will return you to your guild hall. Yes. This is good for you. This is good for me. You return cat. Timeline engage. Yes. Everything is good today. Today is the perfect day. Because you too, you come here, you make my life good. I want to thank you. I promise you riches. I promise you this. Yes. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, that sounds delightful. I promise this. No matter how, no matter when. When you transform from this world to next, 1,000 gold pieces will be given to your eldest child, your middle child, your youngest child. This I swear true. And when they have children, their oldest child will also get 1,000 gold. This I promise for all time. Yes? Well, how, delight, how delightfully generous. So, of course, but supposing one of us um, wasn't really at a place right now in their life where they're looking into bringing a litter of kittens into the world. What is the point here? I, I don't understand. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to have any kids. Can I just have some cold, hard cash? Is that I'm not to be blunt? You may take, you may take all things off table, save uh, potion that I put back. And uh, yeah, yes, you know, I like this one over here. You, uh, I give uh, here potion of climbing for you. Yes, and and you, uh, you are very nice. I like you. You you cat like yes. Yes. He, here is an opportunity for you. Huh. Before you die, you put a poster, a little note, on the guild hall cockboard. It say, "I'm old. I'm ready to come." Yes. 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 And you, you will come here and work for me. And supposing I don't have any immediate plans to ever grow old. I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. Thank you so much, Maria. I'll do my best my to live to a ripe old age. Now you must understand the events of the day are about to start. Yes? Hmm. No, I don't understand, but I'll take your word for it. Yes, now. You hear the s- Mar- six uh- chimes and a half. Six chimes and a half from the town. Yes. Oh, oh. It seems to be carrying... Now, Maria, uh, you you know the schedule better than either of us do. How much longer do you think we have before we are able to go home? Do you think we have maybe time for a little, you know, alone time between maybe some permutation of the three of us? (sighs) The sheriff steps in the door uh, exactly 631. Uh, You both should roll your perception. And if you get a 16 or higher, you should roll your history. 17? Nice. Perception. Your history. On your history, you're looking for an 18 or better. All right. Well, history is an 8, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, gentleman walks in, uh, looks very daunting. This looks like a person who would, uh, you wouldn't want to face in combat. Uh, he looks serene and calm and like the kind of person you would expect to be the sheriff of a town. But at the same time, there's something just not quite right about them. Um, they also are a swashbuckler. 
It is apparent from their demeanor and the way they carry themselves and the weapons they carry. It is also clear that this person is here to escort you. I am afraid our time is up. I want to tell you, gentlemen, I am very grateful. And I promise all that I have said. I want you to know that Vafat here will take care of you for the rest of the day. But my schedule is locked, as they say. And in order to have a perfect day, you must start everything as it should be. At this time, the door opens to the bedroom. And out walks Lady Almathea. And she walks up and rubs up against rain cloud between the legs and purrs and smiles if a cat can smile up at you. I'm not entirely sure how to interpret that, but (laughs) how charming. Uh, You all are escorted by the sheriff. He has a very nice voice in the sense that it is gravelly and deep and foreboding in every word he says. And he seems to only speak in a type of poetry you may not be familiar with. It's a haiku. The first two lines are consistently on one theme, and the third one breaks the theme, and each time it is exactly five, seven, and five syllables. And as you go, he speaks very little. But he escorts you out, and as you do, the cat comes out the door behind you, and about 6.36, some horses are brought down by the stable boy, He is as gorgeous as you remember before. Uh, Meerkat, you didn't get a look at this guy, but this guy is just pristine in every sense of the word. He gives the horses to the sheriff, sees the cat kind of ignoring y'all, and says, hey, little fella, what's going on with you? And he picks the cat up, and the door opens, and there is Maria. She looks very different. She looks very made up and beautiful. And she takes the cat and says, Oh, won't you come in, my boy? Let's have tea. Room for one more? (laughs) The door closes. Give it a rest. No, that's okay. That's okay. You know, next time. Yeah, I'll be be here. It's fine. Yeah, no worries. No worries. The horses, they know the way. You'll be home before dark. You won't remember much, but this I promise. All she said will come to fruition. Thank you kindly, sir. <laughs> I do believe you have the best intentions here. He nods, saying nothing else, turns his back to you and heads down to the stables. If you so desire, you get on the horses, and they are not Pegasi, and they do start to take you out of town. But before you make the turn to leave this little village, a baker comes out with some fresh meat rolls, some lovely pastries, and some food for the road packed in little sacks. Oh, you know we've got to get these. We got to get these meat rolls in here. Oh yes, I'm. I'm. I'm starved. Yeah, I, I, I'm grabbing enough for, like, the two of us, and then I'm putting a couple in Tuna's hands as well so that he can hold on to some as we are heading along. Uh, this ends the mystery of the lost cat, brought to you by the Fire-Breathing Kitten Guild. Uh, I loved having the opportunity to share this with you today, and I really appreciate our our uh, players. Please thank Meerkat. Thank you all for joining us. And Raincloud Moonglow. We did it. Somehow we did it. Thank you all and have a great day. 
Nice. Strange new worlds, interstellar war, time travel, wormholes, positronic brains and philosophy, ethical dilemmas and social crises. I'm Glenn McDorman, host of Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast. Join me and my friend Valerie Hoagland as we seek out new life and new civilizations, examine our own society's reflection in Star Trek's critical mirror, and invent Trek-themed cocktails, one random episode of Star Trek at a time. Listen to Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And come find us and our other shows on claytemplemedia.com. Live long and prosper. What's good, y'all? This is Sweet Lux Ball Fight. It's something different. Open conversations, music, third-party live interviews on Instagram, Facebook, Zoom, liquor, wine, spirit, open conversations. It's going to be something, something. This is a lifestyle. This is Sweet Lux Ball Fight. Something similar like bar talk. But this is more aggressive, more interesting, more exciting, more of everything, more of our life. We sharing our lifestyle, sharing our experiences, sharing our taste, sharing our taste of life. You know, like shit that's that's lit. Broken bottles, fights. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be around this wild, wacky, and sometimes disturbing world of ours. Yes, that's the intro to the Mindset Podcast, a weekly attempt to open eyes and shedding light on what's really going on in the world, all done by ripping apart the media madness that masquerades as news. Join me, Gareth Davis, every Sunday on the Mindset Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting services such as iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. Or you can go directly to the main Mindset website. That's www.mindsetcentral.com. Check out the Mindset Podcast. Bring your curiosity, your opinions, and a sense of humor. And remember that some worldviews are stranger than others. Hi, I'm Richard J. Hanna, and I host Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And when you finished, and only when you finished the last episode of Fire Breathing Kittens, drop in on us. We play music, dedications, we do competitions. You can find us on iHeart, on Spotify, and most good podcasters. Here comes the big deep voiceover. News, views, music, and interviews with Richard J. Hanna on Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Too much? Listen, <laughs> you're talking about fire-breathing kittens. Mm-hmm. 